welcome to The Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. I'm Connor from the House of L. And I am Ray from the House of Zod. And we are back. We are back for another couple of couple of crazy issues from yes. crazy Grant Morrison. <laughs> yeah, he is crazy. But, you know, I read... Um, I actually did read some Grant Morrison's Superman recently that I've never read before. Mm-hmm. And it's called Superman Beyond. And it was okay. a Final Crisis tie-in. I haven't read Final Crisis, though. But apparently, thanks to Adam Talks Superman on Twitter, he said you can read it standalone. So I figured, okay, I'll read this standalone. Mm-hmm. And then I'll read it after I read Final Crisis. Because Superman Beyond's one of those things that I've heard about a lot. Yeah. Like when people are making lists for Superman stories and stuff like not online lists, just people I talk to that mm-hmm. are Superman fans. Superman beyond kind of is always on there and they all swear by it, but I never read it cause it was a time, but I read it and man, that is like full on Morrison. <laughs> that is oh, right. like, I mean, I was reading it and some parts I had to look up because I just found it incomprehensible. Um, and it's all, that story is kind of all linked to his other works, yeah, and stuff. So I thought that was interesting because that's the opposite of this, mm-hmm. where it is Morrison esque, but it's you know you can read this without having like an extensive knowledge of his works, mm. whereas Superman Beyond is like not easy to get into at all if you're not familiar with. Uh, some of his works and his writing style and um, the multiverse. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree without even having read that Beyond and, and just from yeah. the talks we've had about Morrison, um, for me, All-Star is quite accessible. Um, Absolutely. And, and yeah. it is the most, like, you know, I've heard Morrison's writing can get a bit out there. Um, there's not a problem with this. It's very clear. It's just very well written. So, uh, yeah, I can totally believe that. Yeah. I mean, in Superman Beyond, there's like a giant entity that was created near the dawn of uh, the multiverse called the Superman Thought Robot. <laughs> <And> it's <laughs> like, it's madness. But it's really good, though. Well, um there's but, a bit, yeah. there's a bit of madness here. I mean, we'll get to oh. it. But the Chronovore, oh, <laughs> I was... love the Chronovore. <laughs> that that would have to be typical Morrison, I reckon. Like that, yeah. That issue, that issue six. We'll go into it more, but I think yeah. that issue is kind of like reminded me a lot of his action comics run, just in terms of that's okay, kind yeah. of the level of Morrison you get in the action comics run. That's the sort of yeah. You know, a lot of dips and turns, a lot of time manipulation, that yeah, sort of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, fifth dimension. Fifth di- oh, yeah, fifth dimension. Really um, high, uh, high planes of existence and yeah. stuff. Like, there's, God, there's a couple issues where Superman's fighting through time and space, but <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's done really well. Um, I guess we'll get to that one day. But speaking of action comics, uh, so. Most likely, because there's... So we got a couple of omnibus announcements. This would have made... This would have wet your whistle, Connor. I was very happy. And as you (laughs) pointed out, it was bleeding cool, though. Mm. But the omnibuses are on the Penguin Random House, available for pre-order. Okay. 
And I'm sure they wouldn't just put it up there because Bleeding Cool published an article. So, yeah. Tell you what, also as well, Connor, what we can do and what listeners can do as well, a little bit of a shout-out to Near Mint Condition. Uh, they're on YouTube. They are, I think, in the forefront of, of covering uh, omnibuses, omnibuy, um, and they would definitely, I'm sure, they'd have news on, on this. So uh, they are very kind of reliable uh the guy mm-hmm. o- omar he gets he actually gets a lucky bugger he gets preview omnibuses from oh. dc and marvel i don't know who he's talking to i, I know it's <laughs> dave gabriel from marvel he's a um, satan did he make <laughs> but uh i think dave gabriel a, is a vice president of marketing at marvel so he somehow knows him but he also gets it from um dc so uh he gets preview copies he, he reviews them um, I reckon that, that he would most definitely have have something on on the burn and the and the Morrison omnibus. Zzz. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm. Okay, so that sounds good then. If people yeah. want to check that out, um, so I'm inclined to believe these are happening just because they're available for pre order. Yep. Uh, it's only on the web, one website they're available so far though. But if it was just announced, that would make sense. Yeah. I guess. Uh, what's What's your take? Yeah, I'm thinking I was a little bit more um, heartened by the fact that you showed me that, um, what was it, Penguin House yeah. um, had that yeah. as well as a pre-order. Other and that's than, an actual yeah, like, bookstore. So. Absolutely, and, and other than just um, Bleeding Cool. So, uh, yeah, it, it seems to, and there was talk before of the Burn Omnibus something, so that makes sense. Um, yeah. Maybe it had been there, delayed. The only two mm. I can find, though. The only two sources. So I guess as time, yep. maybe they got access, early access to like a previews page or something. Yep. So as time will go, we'll know for sure. But I think it's a pretty safe bet right now, mm-hmm. especially since like the Pudding Cool article includes the synopsis, which like they seem real. <laughs> yeah. You know? it's, it's all a um, bit. It's all a bit weird, though, isn't it? Because of what DC have done with their departure from Diamond, right? Because Diamond still supply. Don't they supply? all the prints and stuff, and not just comics, but they, they do the trades as well, don't they? Uh, the I, I don't know enough about that situation right okay. now. I, just, I know DC split from Diamond. That, yeah, um, and they've got two but publishing. DC is still publishing stuff. Yeah, under two. Um, I think one of them is under the umbrella of, of Midtown Comics. Actually, they've got their own um, publishing line yeah. and something else. And I think it is Penguin or something like that. So that would make sense that they would be privy to the information uh, but again yeah. I, I can't remember if it is penguin um but it kind of rings a bell anyway um yeah and mm. um yeah it's a weird thing to like make up it's not like yeah oh, it's pretty random recast in the movies you know it's like mm. well, let's let's start rumors about obscure omnibus releases <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah um yeah. but we'll get to what the omnibuses are so we have a john Byrne superman omnibus mm-hmm. but it's not the John Byrne Superman omnibus, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But it is uh, Superman and Batman Generations. Have you ever read or heard of this? Is this when they woke up together after a... Is that Batman Superman? You told yeah. me... Yeah, you told <laughs> me they woke up together after... Um... <laughs> I, don't... <laughs> I don't know, just wake up together in bed? Was that is that generation? Is that Superman, Batman? I I don't remember anything like that. <laughs> Oh yes, you do. Come on, they they don't know how they got there, and they they act like each other. 
So Superman's more detective-like. Batman's a bit more, I don't know, I, upsetting? I no? don't remember that. What I do remember is Superman and Batman Generations uh, kind of went through the golden age to, like, the modern age. Um, so uh, th- th- this synopsis reads it pretty well. Uh, mm-hmm. Imagine a world where Superman and Batman age normally from their debuts in 1938 and 1939. From their first meeting to their confrontations with the Joker, Lex Luthor, and Mr. McSpitlick, their personal relationship continually evolves from best friends to bitter partners and finally respected peers. Um, so I've read the first uh, Generations, which was four issues. I didn't actually know there was two other series. Okay. So... Um, but if I might read them, and if they're all good, I would probably pick this up because it, it's a it's John Byrne. He's pretty good, and yeah. uh, uh, I remember those first those that I remember the first generations miniseries being really really good. Okay, okay, um, and, and they're um, seventy a pop, right? Seventy US, seventy five US, seventy five. Okay, yeah. That, that's all right, um, so that's actually not a huge omnibus. That's actually a small. No, let's see. It's, uh, twenty issues. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, yeah. So it's it's one of the leaner ends of the omnibus. So, but it's still very affordable as well, and and yeah, a good collection. Nice to have that kind of bound in together. Yeah, I would. I'd love to get this, but in terms of Superman omnibuses, like uh, DC one million and um, mentally blank. Oh yeah, Death and Return of Superman are on my list first. Mm. But um, but the second one, which I'm very excited about, oh, that this would be good, is the the omnibus I've been whining about ever since the run finished that I've wanted is the Superman by Grant Morrison omnibus, which collects uh, his full Action Comics run and Action Comics Annual One. So, so which year was when? Sorry, place this chronologically for me, Connor. So when did Morrison do this run? 2011. Okay. This is the last Superman thing he did, which is ironically uh, the beginning of Superman's career. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, although he's done some Superman stuff in Green Lantern, I think recently. But right, and, and uh, yeah, and so after him, like, and before Bendis was that Tomasi or who 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 were the writers? Oh, who took over after Grant Morrison? Yeah, um, so. Uh, Action Comics had, like, Andy Diggle, and there was oh, okay. a couple of others, but the big main writer after Morrison was Greg Pak. Oh, okay. On Action so... Comics. Right. And his run was very good. It wasn't as good as Morrison's, but it was very good. Okay. Um, and that was that's just the Action Comics title, and the Superman yes. title started with Perez and then went to, you right. know, a bunch of other people. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this omnibus, I guess it's the beginning of the New 52 Superman, and it's also the beginning of the Morrison universe mm. superman um you know which is like uh this is obviously definitely a purchase for me mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> like it's it's my favorite it's my favorite superman story and it's my favorite version of superman so you know absolutely i'm gonna get it <laughs> yeah i oh, know for sure why, why wouldn't you they would, it would look quite handsome on on the shelves i think yeah so, and yeah. the the trades have a real thing where the backups of the issues uh, printed separately at the back half instead of after the main yeah. stories of the issue, which is like, hopefully the omnibus fixes that. 
Oh, so you'd like the the, the backup stories to be straight after, so you don't get that continual flow. Uh, I'm guessing that's why they do it. Well, because you remember the backup story in that one issue we covered from the run with uh, the Phantom King? Yeah. And Crypto? Yes, yes. And remember the backup story was about Crypto. Imagine just, like, moving that backup story to the back half of the book. Yeah, true. But, I mean, not all backup stories are necessarily related as well, I guess. that's They're not, but they are in this run. Okay. So it works for this run. It works for it, uh, yeah. Sholly Fish as well, who uh, does work that's pretty much as good as Morrison's work in the book. Like, it's really great stuff. And they also write the annual mm-hmm. where um, Kryptonite Man turns out to be a really disgruntled wife beater, which is a great take on huh. the character. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's very exciting news. Hopefully it's true. I, you know, yeah. more inclined to believe it is true. Uh, so, But we're talking, please... sorry, we're talking 2021 now, aren't we? Yeah, February, there's even specific dates. Uh, So Generations is February 21, 2021, and uh, the Morrison Omnibus is February 16th, 2021. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, I'm sure those dates will change. Yeah, yeah, thereabouts. uh, Very exciting news. Yeah, Uh, great. That's, uh, yeah, that that is good. I mean, they they are good collections, I guess, and... Um, from what I understand as well, kind of uh, Superman fans are starved of of having something that isn't. Omnibus. Yeah, that isn't death a of death of Superman. Superman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got Exile, which was a huge win hmm. in terms of omnibuses because there's like the Golden Age, Death and Return, and that's it. Then you got Exile. That's crazy, um, crazy. And we're complaining about they don't do Superman justice in the movies. <laughs> like he's doesn't, he's not getting much in the collections. Well. Well, I mean, there's a big market for for omnibus and trade buyers. I mean, that the market has, has shifted now. Um, a lot of people yeah. buy collections. So yeah, it's crazy to think that. I'm assuming Batman has has plenty. <laughs> um, of omnibuses, I, I, I think so. I haven't yeah. actually looked, but uh, yeah. I think it's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. That he does. In fact, I'm going to look now. I know Wonder Woman's got one um, released soon as well because I had my eye on that. That was uh, Gail Simone's Wonder Woman. Ah, uh, yeah. And that's only just recently. I think it was pre-COVID. I'm not sure if it was actually released or not, or it may have been mm. during that period. So it may be delayed. But you know, I know she's at least getting, you know, another omnibus. Um, so, yeah, Superman, Black Hole. Yeah, I mean. You know, it's good we're getting this, and hopefully that means we'll be getting more. Uh, good God, there's a lot of Batman omnibuses. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, there's the... actually three Batman Grant Morrison omnibuses. Okay. I mean, even the collections, like if you look at Nightfall, Night Quest, Night Ends, they're pretty thick trades. Why you know? is Nightfall so long? I just started yeah. reading it. My God, the amount. Oh, of you've, you've, you're, you're going to? You're reading it? Yeah. Yeah, because that's where I'm up to in my Batman thing. I will say Vengeance of Bane was awesome, and I'm I'm going for Bane 100%. I can't <laughs> wait for it to break the bat. Uh, well, I've only read um, Nightfall. I haven't read the other the other two. Um, Night Quest and Night Quest and, and Night's End. Yeah, I haven't read them. But uh, yeah, it was enjo- enjoyable for. I mean, nothing for me. It's not nothing groundbreaking. It's I mean, very nineties. Yeah, and I thought the Bane origin was like awesome it was so ridiculous but so you know when he's like growing up in the prison yeah. and stuff yeah that yeah, was yeah, so yeah. Cool. 
Yeah. Oh, it gets. Yeah, he's actually he's a good character in it. He, he, he um, is. Yeah, he really does. And he's what he does to Batman. He kind of wears him down and stuff. Um, but yeah, that was okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can. Yeah, I'm hoping it. I don't know. It seems like it's going to get pretty. It gets just messy nineties. Okay, yes, nineties. Um, the operative. Yeah. Yeah. Word there. But um, after about Nightfall. I'm sure our listeners <laughs> yeah. want to hear us talk about All Star Superman, and yeah. kind of you know, the news was semi All Star Superman related since it was the oh, yeah. comics run. So yeah, but um, yeah. So, do you want to fly to Strikers Island Prison? Ooh, yeah, yeah. I've got my yellow jumpsuit. I'm ready. All right, All right. sweet. Up, up, up. And And away! Hey there everyone, I'd like to tell you about the YouTube channel I Am Your Target Demographic. If you're a fan of comics, we have plenty that you'll enjoy over there, including a series called Heroes Like Us that explores comic characters of all sorts of different identities. And we even have a series that defines words that are used in nerd culture that you may not know what they mean. So you can check us out by heading to YouTube and searching I Am Your Target Demographic or look up IAYTV on any social media outlet. The Gospel According to Lex Luthor at a court hearing, Lex Luthor is found guilty for crimes against humanity and Lex blames Superman for his actions. Clark Kent travels to Strikers Island for an exclusive inter- final interview with Lex before he is sentenced to the electric chair. He meets Lex, who is working on a bibliobot that can recite books to prisoners. Clark clumsily trips on Lex's electric gun, but it was seen as good luck since the gun was about to short out and he may have well saved Lex Luthor's life. Lex is absorbed in his own plans and thoughts about Superman's inferiority as Clark follows him around, taking notes for his piece. In the basement of the penitentiary, Parasite incites a riot as he starts absorbing energy. Clark is concerned he will provide too much power and eventually runs away with Lex trying to avoid Parasite's touch. As Parasite pursues them, Lex shoots several gunshots into him which are lucky enough to overload Parasite and knock him out from absorbing too much energy. Lex walks over and violently smashes his foot on Parasite until a pink goo is seen splashing about. Upon returning to Lex's cell, he reveals his elaborate plot. The Bibliobot was borrowing an escape path below Lex's cell during the commotion. His daughter, Nasty, escorts him out of the prison as Lex stays behind, happy to die knowing he finally defeated Superman with his uh, son plan. Okay, so that's a synopsis. I believe it's his niece, though, not his daughter. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I Yeah, uh, at the end. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the synopsis got that wrong. But uh, th- th- thanks to the wiki for the synopsis, regardless. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we do have episode five, The Gospel According to Lex Luthor, and our cover is you know, simple but effective. It's Lex stopping uh, prison shanking from happening and Clark is hiding behind him. Yeah. Uh, with... Kind of typical, I think, Frank quietly detail. I just love the the little specks and flecks on on the shivs and the and the tools. Um, mm. I don't, whether you like his art or not, uh, you've got to 
give him credit for I guess the detail. I mean, you look at Lex's hands and his and and the prison suit. Uh, a lot of it to do with the coloring as well. Nice little lot. But why ad- is the suit so wrinkly? <laughs> well, they can't iron it. You know, it's um. It just seems very wrinkly to me. Well, it seems that it has, it's got a lot of stitching, like which causes. Mm. Uh, that's what I'm like looking at a lot. Um, right. But yeah, it, it looks like a very hardy kind of material. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. I think it's a nice it's a nice um, issue. It sums it up because this is very Luther centric. Oh, definitely. Mm. Well, it's it's Luther and Clark Kent centric as well. Uh, yeah, but I think Luther steals the show here. Oh, I mean, oh definitely. Yeah, the, I mean the way he's written. Um, oh, absolutely. Clark Kent's there is, is kind of foil, um, but it's. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think yeah. yeah. I just I just think it's really great that we see Clark Kent and Lex Luthor interact as opposed to Superman and Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah. that's something we don't see as much. Yeah, and I think it makes a really interesting thing here. Yeah, the thing that main thing that I was thinking that kind of made me grin was this definite relationship between Luther and, and Clark Kent. The fact that Luther, who is one of the smartest buggers out there, he's got Superman staring him in the face and he doesn't see him. There's even a, a couple yeah. of there's even a couple of bits here where Clark takes his um glasses off and actually shouts at Lex like really close up to his face. And yeah. uh, and still Lex does not kind of get it. Um you know, some people might be thinking, "Oh, you know, is is this a is this a shortcoming?" I think it's actually quite funny that he doesn't. I think I think it's deliberate because yeah. that's the the whole Lex thing is that he just he cannot fathom yes. Superman debasing himself <laughs> by mm. being Clark Kent. You know, they're just so different. Yeah, um, yeah, because like Lex has this idea of Superman, which it isn't true. But his whole existence, like Lex's whole existence, is kind of based around this idea he has of Superman. Yeah, and you know, coming to the conclusion that Clark Kent is Superman also, I think, shatters his own world. Oh, it would it, it would it would break him, and it would break his huge ego, like yeah, in the sense. So, uh, I think he can't. He's in massive denial of that. Um, yeah, yeah. Unlike Jimmy, is just cool with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but this was a. I think this was a really cool issue. The fact that, sure, there were a lot of things happening in and around it, but it essentially is basically a conversation between two people. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. But it, it just carried on really well with the really good writing by Grant Morrison here. Uh, you get a real sense of Lex. You get a real sense of Clark, and that goes to, um, credit to Frank Quietly here as well. The way he draws, mm. there's the bumbling. You get the sense of that. You get the sense that he is big. His but Clark he's, is so good. He's very good, and um, and the way that Morrison frames it by um, Luther saying, you know, you, you know, you're built like an ox, or but you're still a bumbling buffoon. It, you, you know, it all yeah. kind of creates that image and package of him, and I think that's really good. Yeah, yeah. I love the the. So we have that like opening with Lex's idols, Attila the Hun, Genghis Khan, Al yeah. Capone, and Adolf Hitler, and that is a nod. I can't remember which issue. But it is a nod to a really old issue where Lex has statues of these guys in his oh, hideout. Okay. Um, I can't. I can't remember the exact issue, but uh, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. And if I forget, then someone let me know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I love the whole trial, 
and Lex is just like, Superman made me do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He should be on trial, not me. Um, How dare you exist? Yeah, and the judges, again, again, I've got to give shout-outs to, to Frank Quietly here. Um, the faces that he draws are so distinct, you know? Um, we mm. talked before about John Byrne, as great an artist as he is, but how many of his characters look exactly the same. Um, there's, I mean, it's not just me. There, there is a thing where if you look at Steve Rogers, Hank Pym, Clint Barton from the Avengers, they're all just blonde. Their faces are identical to each other. But yeah, pe- but, people say that, but I only ever see it when I look for it. It never takes really? me out of the story. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that might just be me, but it's just... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I never seem to notice it really. Okay. But I, I've I've heard it from other people besides you, though. It's yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very apparent for me. But uh, over here, but like the other way, if you look at the judge's face, it's a very distinct face. Um, oh so, yeah, completely different shape. Yeah, it's to Lex and and the jurors and and the police. Um, so uh, so much attention to detail. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, and mm. I love this thing how he gets he rolls up the judge and then. He's like, okay, I've had enough of you. You're going sentenced to death, electric chair, and then you just get Lex. Happy as pie. Spug. Yeah. Um, everything's according to plan, um, which is, I guess, the essence of him. Um, yeah. Then we um, we get we get to the, you know, the great... We get to the start of the interview between Clark. You know, and just like the whole... I love all the dialogue in this. Just so much of like, you know, mm. I'm aware of your lumbering presence. Yeah, and... <laughs> that's it. yeah. It's so cool, isn't it? And it's it's just the way it's just the way Morrison writes. I think it's it's yeah, it's really cool. He he doesn't make Lex to me. He doesn't make him look over the top and hammy. It, it's it. There's a, a there's just enough um, condescension and just doucheness to him. Yeah, to make him sound authentic without going too too overboard um, yeah yeah i think i think red sun went a bit i think i mentioned it on red sun where it went a bit overboard with lex being yeah right super smart Whereas oh it, yeah it, it has the super smart thing in this but i don't know it just seems to work better here yeah uh, it doesn't take me out of it maybe it's because you know lex is different in this um yeah, but, uh, I, I think the focus isn't on him being so super smart. It's yeah, exactly. That's just like one of his character traits, yeah. as opposed to hey, this guy's so smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, the, the the when I love Clark's clumsiness saving <laughs> yeah, people. I love it. Yeah, this is perfect and uh, captured so well. When he kind of gets tangled in the cord, uh, Lex is using to solder something to a robot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he actually saves Lex from getting electrocuted by the, um, yeah, yeah the loose electricity and the cords and such, but, um, yeah, very well done. Which Lex finds quite ironic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and also as well, th- there's a little bit of quirkiness I like in Morrison in the fact that uh, he's got these, um, bibliobots and they're spouting, you, you know, um, literature classic works yeah. and stuff. It was the best of times. It was the worst of... Like, that sort of stuff. It's, um... Yeah, I just find that pretty pretty fun how... 
you know, it kind of sets I a bit of a tone. Funny if like yeah. he was spouting Mein Kampf or something, since it was like <laughs> Lex Luthor. Uh, maybe like actually, really that would be <laughs> that, that would be that would be pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Lex is also uh, he's got enough time to um, to bag out the the guards behind him as well. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I love Clark's face. When he's um, when they're mm. like, how about this pair of fat girls? <laughs> Clark's just looking at them. Um, it's funny you because like a poet, but you move like a landslide. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because Lex is actually quite likable here. Um, he is because he's actually uh, when we go through this issue, he is protecting Clark from um, death, or at least he yeah. thinks he is. Yeah, um, it's not really altruistic, but you know, he doesn't seem to have any like ill feelings towards Clark. No. Well, he at the at the end of it, I mean, he's he's using Clark because uh, he need oh, he, he wants him, to like, yeah. He wants he to He doesn't have any vindictive uh, No, no, not at all. He in his mind he probably is thinking he was this orangutan of a man. Um, you know, has no respect for him in that sense, but while he's there and he's in the jail, I, I guess Lex is putting on a particular candor to to make himself yeah. look good. Um, but yeah, I, I like it how um, Clark is also trying to keep Lex um, focused as well, as well on on the interview because Lex does yeah. tend to to get um, a bit carried, yeah, <laughs> distracted and stuff. Um, yeah, and this is like we don't see Superman in this issue. No, it's all Clark, which I think is really great. And it's just I think like the strongest part of Quitley's art in this whole book for me is how well he differentiates Clark Kent and Superman. Oh, absolutely. He he makes them seem like different people, which is what you want. And it's just everything to the slouch. He makes himself look chubby. um, The oversized clothes. It's a really good... um, You know you've got a really good artist because he's working with essentially static pictures. You know, so yeah. you can't you can't see the movements of Clark, but as you say, you can show him in the baggy clothes. You can make him look a bit frumpy. Um, just yeah. some of the actions and postures. Uh, so he, re- yeah, he really does well. Yeah, definitely. And I'll, I'll, we get Lex like working out and stuff while yeah. he's. Again, this is this is funny, isn't it? But like, because it's as a reader. We know something you don't, Lex, and and when he yeah. he's kind of like feel my muscle, yeah, you know, look look how strong I am. <laughs> it's it's just a quirky comedic moment because you know you're talking yeah. to Superman, but Lex does make a very good point, saying I earned this muscle. You know, I'm not just like someone from another planet who happens to be strong, and you know, yeah, this is from hard work, and, and so he kind of justifies it, um, and without knowing it, uh, I guess he he kind of has a go. At, at Clark at Superman, yeah, hmm. and you know it, it is an interesting point, mm. um, and it's uh, kind of like Lex's whole view. Um, there's a I got a I got a little snippet from that um, Morrison interview about Lex being kind of like sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to find it. Yeah, so uh, if um, so, I can read it out if you like what he says about the yes. whole. Uh, so he says, you know, 
uh, he sees Lex as a very human character. Superman is us at our best. Luther is us when we're being mean, vindictive, petty, deluded, and angry. Among other things, it's like a bipolar, manic, depressive personality with optimistic, loving Superman smiling at one end of the scale and paranoid, petty, with Klingon to the other. I think any writer of Superman has to love these two enemies equally. We have to recognize them both as potentials within ourselves. Da, 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 da. I think it's important to find yourself. This is about. I think it's important to find yourself agreeing with Luther a bit about Superman's smug superiority. Mm. Uh, all of us, except for Superman, know what it's like to have mean-spirited thoughts like that about someone else's happiness. It's essential to find yourself rooting for Lex at least a little bit when he goes up against a man-god armed only with his bloody-minded arrogance and cleverness, mm. um, which I think was pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I think that sums up the appeal of Lex Luthor yeah, as, as a villain because he is... There's a little bit of everyone who's reading it that, that is admiring because he's only human. Because um, he's like the ultimate human. He's like the pinnacle of human achievement. But yeah. he's also... Um, evil, like oh, a jerk. Um, oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> he's yeah, all yeah, our worst qualities, like humanity's worst qualities. Yeah, for um, sure. But he's going up against this being with godlike powers and he's and he's actually yeah. going toe to toe with him which is um pretty admirable so uh, and and going back to this whole thing of how Morrison portrays him in this issue yeah it just adds to his likability i guess for for yeah. a villain um and i guess uh, added to that as well he doesn't do anything like he's in jail anyway so you know he's not going to get up to any trouble. Uh, the only trouble he does get up to is with other criminals. So you do tend to kind of root for him, you know, yeah. in this issue. And there's, there's even Morrison says he's like, you know, uh, sometimes you just wish you could give him a hug and help him channel his energies <laughs> in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, you know, but like you've got everything you want, but it's not enough because someone has more, someone is better, someone is cleverer or more handsome. Yeah. Or the sting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's a thing with Lex. I mean, um, he's jealous. He's jealous, and but we have seen it with um, oh gosh, what, you know, it, it is with Red Sun, isn't it? Where where um, he he gets Superman is gone, and and Lex yeah. tends to like be be happy and content and stuff. I would I would think that Lex would that it would never be enough. You know what I mean? Like he lives mm. for going up against Superman. If Superman had gone there'll be something else that would kind of get on his nerves and he'd want to um, uh, challenge himself against. You know, so he, I agree. He's, he's ever, uh, yeah, he'll never be at peace. But in, in defense of Red Sun, I think they kind of wanted to show what Luther was capable of when Superman was gone. Oh, yeah, and that, that, was, um, that was great. I mean, that was, a, that was a Morrison thing as well, wasn't it? He added that at the end. Uh, the very ending, uh, the, the word is the very ending was... Um, Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, that was yeah. that was fantastic to see as well. Um, so yeah, it was good to see. It was nice to see that that route. But I, I'm just thinking, like in essence, as the character, I, yeah, I'd like in my head canon, I'd see him as never never being at peace. Yeah, that that's how I would see it. Yeah, his existence really uh, does revolve around, um, especially like the classic Lex Luthor. Mm. His resistance kind of revolves around, you know. From a young age, he's been, you know, anti-Superman. Yeah. So, uh, I do love how Lex is bringing up the Lois Lane thing yeah. as well. So, with the whole... So, has he always had a... Um, 
Oh, hang on. So, hang on. She's not. He's not interested in Lois here. Um, he he so. hates. He is. No, I don't think he's. Oh interested yeah, no, no. Lois. No, but, but he, he's pointing out that yeah. maybe Lois will notice Clark if Superman never rocks yeah. up. Yeah. Yes. So he, okay. Yeah. So again, he's just showing his disdain, um, which I think is kind of. Um, I know Clark and Lois are the same person, but I believe that's actually kind of true in mm. this scenario because, like, we know Lois is sort of attracted to Superman because he's Superman. You know, yeah. she's kind of shallow in this. <laughs> yeah, I think they set that up, didn't they, in the um, the end of the first issue or something, or, or you know, when they're walking and just before he tells her. Um, yeah, they it goes on something like you know she she's not really interested in Clark at all, and yeah. 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 Poor Clark. Poor fat Clark. <laughs> so what is the general... So, I mean, I've probably asked this before. What is the general take then? I, I know... Um, uh, is this always the, the case? Like, is this a consistent thing that Lois is not into Clark at all, but into Superman? Is that it the, was. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that was the case, like, forever until the John Byrne reboot in okay. 86. Man uh, and even, yeah, and even yeah. then she was still interested in Superman, but she did, like, notice Clark. It was just more okay. as a frustrating rival in journalism, but eventually her and Clark hooked up. And they oh, okay. actually hooked up before she knew he was Superman. So, oh, okay. Um, okay. That, That's that, a, yeah. yeah. And so now these days, what what is it? She, she, well, she knows Harry Superman. Fox. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the the classic dynamic that people think of is like you know the pre-crisis. Yeah, uh, Lois loves Superman, but not Clark. not Clark. Same with like you know the Christopher Reeve movies. Yes, as well, which are pretty big in like popular consciousness. But in those Superman movies, sorry, it has been ages since I've seen it. Well, we did watch rewatch some of it, but she did yeah. show some in- interest in Clark, though, didn't she? Hmm. She, no, only only um, because, because she she went to Niagara Falls with him, and and when he put his hand in the fire, and that's when she well, only because dis- she thought he was Superman. Oh yeah, that's right. She, she had those sneaking. Yeah, Superman. she had sneaking yeah. suspicions. That's right. So she was never interested in Clark before she suspected that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 Like I thought, I was saying it was like pretty horrible to Clark. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 No. No. You. Yeah. I think that's. Yeah. It's been a while. Hmm. Oh, that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, like Lex throws his um, weights at him. Oh know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's angry. Like he seems to be angry at Clark for for like she she'll never see past him to you. Um. Or, or maybe he's I don't know. He's angry at Superman. I don't know why he's so emotional um, at... Um, I think he's... There could be a couple of things. I mean, maybe he's just overly frustrated that, like, Clark isn't seizing the moment or, you know, not because he cares about Clark personally, but Clark's a, you know, Lex's uh, thing for humanity. He's like, Clark's a human being. Yeah. Um, See, this is this is where I think it's a little underlined. he's been passed over by this alien... Yeah, okay. So this is where I think I started to read into it. And it's like, 
Yeah, it's about like, you know, I can't believe that Lois is um, casting over humans. And he even says next to all-powerful Superman, Lex Luthor is an idiot. And you know what, Ken? So you think of... Uh... Maybe he might have underlying feelings for Lois. That, that's what Well, I... there is, again, with the Burn post-Crisis reboot, which that, that Burn reboot and Crisis and Infinite Earths, that's like the hardest divide in mm. continuity that we have because everything changed so much. And Lex was dating Lois... Mm. briefly in that continuity and was always kind of interested in her, but more as like a possession, a trophy, not really. Oh, okay. Um, so there is that there, and Morrison said he did draw from all aspects, so maybe he drew from that here. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll see something more when, if Lois and Clark, uh, if Lois and Lex interact in this towards the end, I can't remember if they do, but maybe mm-hmm. we'll get it there. Yeah. But for now, I kind of read that as... Um, Lex generally just being frustrated with Superman over humans. Uh, period. Yeah. 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 But you know, um I think you could interpret it a few ways. I don't think it's a wrong. Yeah, no. Uh, it's um if anything it, it it adds layers to again the character of Lex which Morrison has done here. Just these little things yeah. like the the fact that we're discussing this now you know, it, it yeah. shows that it shows that he's actually written Lex in a really um, well, I don't want to say complicated, but in a very thoughtful way. So mm. um, We actually yeah. do get a line at the end about how uncomplicated it all is. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the end of what, this issue? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so I don't know, it could, it could be a few things. And then maybe his anger just transfers to, yeah. you know, no one notices me, period, because Superman exists. Yep, yep. Yeah, Which, you know, is something that he's bugged by. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it would... I mean, he's got a huge ego, so that, that would play right into it. He even says we all fall short of that sickening, inhuman perfection, that impossible ideal. Yeah. Um, which, is like, Lex um, comes across as a lot of uh, Batman fans who have only read The Dark Knight Rises and hate Superman. Uh, Dark Knight Returns, sorry. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, people who are listening will probably know what I'm talking about, but that whole, we just hate Superman because he's an alien and he didn't have to work for his powers, blah, blah, blah. Mm. They're all like Lex arguments. Oh, okay, Uh, right. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, Clark tries to get the interview back on track. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like, hands off, Kent. Didn't he just ask him to feel his muscles? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but then there's a little interaction here as well, um, kind of hitting close to the bone where Luther's asking um, how Superman is uh, because that is just touching upon the point of, I guess, what what will be revealed to Clark Kent um, from Lex about Lex being responsible for it. Um, But yeah. 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 Um, and, and yeah, even that last uh, thing that he said, oh, but he's not, he's only, he only looks that way. So Lex knows a lot more than Clark and has had anticipated about Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of move. And then we kind of slowly get a bit, a bit more. This is the, I'm looking at the panel now, Connor, where you're looking at Conehead. <laughs> Yeah, I just noticed that. Yeah, yeah. Not sure if that's supposed to be someone or... I don't know, but it is pretty funny. I love this panel layout as well. Um, I thought it was good. I, I would have... What I would have loved with it, though, with the leading the eye, is that I would have loved to have read it 
from that top panel going straight down because they're going down the stairs and then going left, right, and then... Oh, sorry, going left, down, and then right, if that makes sense. But unfortunately, they haven't laid it out like that. Um, you lost me. <laughs> oh, okay, so, so just for listeners as well, this this page is a really cool page where they're just, they're just going down the stairwell. Um, so Frank Quietly, what he does, he, he actually gives uh, five panels um, stacked and he leaves one at the top left just blank. And so it looks like a stairwell in itself. Um, yeah. And so you get the motion of Lex and Clark walking down the stairs. Now I would have loved, oh, yeah, to, yeah. yeah, I would have loved to have seen it as you read the first, the top panel, oh, then you go down directly down, then you go left. It kind of follows yeah. them as they walk. Um, I, I think that's a little bit of a, a missed opportunity there. I don't know. I, I thought that would have been really good. Just the way he set up the panels, anyway, makes it kind of look like a stairwell. So why not play with that? But um, yeah, I, I love this page anyway. So. Um, Again. We have, um... Sorry, go on. No, no, that, that was it. I was about to say, we, we get the, the first introduction of, of Parasite. He's utterly uh, awesome. Yeah. Utterly awesome. Yeah. I was just going to say, we do have Lex going on about uh, the Renaissance here. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this Morrison interview, Morrison is actually... Uh, he talks about the Renaissance a lot. And he said in that era... And its philosophers influenced this book a lot, and his interpretation of Superman. Um, I don't know much about the Renaissance era at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to admit, like it's just not a part of history that I've really looked into. But I just thought that was interesting. Mm. Trying to find the. Uh... Also, I do like the eyebrow thing. Yeah, I didn't realize that he didn't have a, a proper eyebrow, and he carries a pen with him to to put it on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. I, I mean, I don't really. I won't read. I, I won't read out the whole quote because it's Morrison just going super in depth into like this uh, uh, oration of the dignity of man mm-hmm. by some dude called Pico, and he's going on about like I don't know all this stuff. But the, the whole thing is. Um, Superman's supposed to be a kind of enlightenment figure. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing with this Renaissance philosophy that Morrison is talking about is human nature having the sort of unique ability to try and live up to ideals, mm-hmm. which obviously other animals and stuff don't. Um, and he just talks about that a lot. Like, uh, you know, humans are inspired to, inspired to fly by watching birds, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how he came up with the idea, and then we made a plane. I know the whole the whole thing is interesting. I'm not going to read it out, but I think yeah. um, the inspiration angle and looking up to figures to um, improve ourselves or better ourselves in some way, I think, was like a big thing on this book, and that will become apparent as we go on later. So I, I would be clear that I don't. Yeah, no, I'm not familiar with the sort of material that Morrison is talking about. Ah, uh, so. okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of a mention that in and that in this page here about the Superman swoosh, about swoosh, about um, trimming your your eyebrows to look yeah. like him. So there, there's this thing where the humans seem to look up to Superman, and apparently 65 percent of men subconsciously trim their eyebrows to look more like Superman, in in the effort to try to emulate him. I, I'm, I'm assuming that that's probably what I'm gathering. 
from what modern more yeah was and maybe even like um you know that's maybe that's humanity's next step yeah as they've you know like we built planes when we saw things flying maybe that humans will figure out a way to elevate themselves yeah you know to be like superman yeah um, and, and and clark does he does pose a very enlightening question here as well at the very top which is one of the main th- things that you do wonder about Lex, it's like, you know... Why are you so obsessed? <laughs> yeah, and why are you squandering your resources and intellect yeah. when it could actually be used to something a lot better, you know? Um, Lex uh, seems to <laughs> just ignore that fact and, and start talking about how he loves this in, this alternate environment in the prison because um, uh, basically... He's got a different status, I think, in here. That, that's yeah. what he's kind of getting at. Um, yeah, so there's a lot... Again, there's a lot going on in just this one page in the discussion. We're talking about, like, they're bouncing from, from you know, points here and there. Um, uh, but, yeah. And the he also says, like, it's a super hostile environment. Mm. I think he kind of likes the sort of raw... Um, Uh, like animalistic sort of yeah aspect of humanity because it's not Superman if that makes sense so he likes being stuck with all these I think so yeah prisoners well yes uh, he, he he pretty much sees himself at, at a particular point of the the food chain here I guess I mean um, I don't think he thinks much of these criminals at all um, you know and that's why he likes it because he, he can he's got a handle on them. I guess so to speak. Um, yeah. But then he gets really distracted. I mean, like he, number one, he doesn't he doesn't answer Clark's first question. Uh, then he no. starts talking about this hostile environment that he loves to be in, uh, and then Superman asks him because um, he is it's a it's a great alternative to be here in this harsh environment. And Clark says, "What an alternative to what?" And then he just changes <laughs> again. He he gets distracted and uh, notices Clark's eyebrows and starts talking about the Superman swoosh. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, maybe you're Mr. Inia because he does answer that question. Um, cause Clark goes an alternative to what? And then Lex goes to truth, justice and all the other things you can't weigh or carry to every abstract he represents. Uh, and then Clark goes, is it really all about Superman? Cause it's a double page spread. Oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm, so I'm reading the digital, so I don't. Oh, okay, so I'm only reading one... Yeah, I can see it's a single page there for some reason. Yeah, so I'm only seeing half the... Okay, and I only read it, like, as a as a half thing. Oh, jeez, are you meant to actually... It must be confusing. Um... So, <laughs> it yeah, must uh, have... you go across oh, as a double gosh. page. Oh, my gosh, it must... Yeah, it was. That's why he sounded so distracted, um, because he kept on bouncing. Okay, so, listeners, you're going to have to just forget a lot of what I just said, because... The way you read this is actually over two pages, not over just the one page, which is what I was talking about, that stairwell. Now, now I just sound like a, a right royal idiot there. Right, okay. No, it's, we, can, we can take two and you can read the <laughs> page if you want. No, 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 that's okay. Um, look, that, that's just a... Um, yeah, that's something just on my behalf there I've, I've kind of missed out. Anyway, cool. No worries. <sighs> Sorry. No, 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 it's all good. Yeah. Um, oh, so he very much, yeah, it does. Oh. So, Connor, you might want to just explain these two pages then because um, you've kind of... Right, so, well, basically, Superbad's like, why 
Clark's like, why are you so obsessed with, obsessed with Superman and Lex goes, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, uh, he doesn't he doesn't really answer it. He kind of avoids it, but yeah. he does have a nice comparison to Striker as, like, Lex's bottled city. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the big one is, like, uh, that you missed is, you know, an alternative to what's it, a truth, justice, and all the other things every abstract he represents. And Clark goes, is it really all about Superman? Lexi's men seem pretty restless. Yeah. And that's when Lex goes, they can feel the coming change, the wings of a new human right. renaissance. Yes. Transforming this place into a new model of society, Kent, a blueprint for utopian living. And then he talks about the, the eyebrows. eyebrows. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah. And obviously, the new human renaissance, I believe, he's probably referring to Superman's death and the fact that uh, humanity won't be trying to emulate him mm-hmm. anymore. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's the... and my final revenge to be right. Yes, my survival of the smartest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it commands absolute respect. Yeah, actually, no, this is this is good. Uh, I like the bottom um, where he just where quietly just um, uh, it just bleeds over the 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 pictures of all the prisoners just staring in that at the bottom of the stairwell, and it kind of just pop- yeah, yeah. And I love the gap between. You know, the white space between the panels down the middle actually becomes a pillar that one of the inmates is leaning on. Yeah, yeah, yep. Which I think is really cool. Which I can see is hard to see in your copy. Yeah. Oh, man. This would look so good together, these two pages. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. I'll have to... Um, I really must get a, a hard copy of this then. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's plenty of... There's, they have, you know, they have the uh, complete trade, which is paperback. Yep. They have a complete hardcover. They have the absolute edition, which is the oversized one. And they also have the black label yep. one, which they just put out, which is the scan you're reading. Yep. I think the oversized would be great. Like, this art, this art it demands, like, you know, to be bigger and, and bolder. It's great. It is. Oh, the oversized is obviously the most expensive, mm. but I doubt it's as expensive as it was okay. when I got it. Which is like I think I think I paid like 110 for it or something. Oh wow! I think yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, yeah. I'll see. I've got some sources that secondhand sales. Um, I might be able to to pinch one at a lower price. But yeah, try do that because it's yeah, it'll be quite pricey on Amazon. Yeah, it's quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but you know, as I said, there's plenty of editions. Yeah, it's wrong. So, oh, I just said because I I am a, a fan of this art, um, so the, I'd love to to have it bigger and, and you know oversized. I think that'll be. Oh yeah, uh, I recommend mm. it. Um, if you if you save up for it, I think it's a good investment. Yeah, yeah. you know. So, uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> some reason I thought Parasite was saying white power for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole prison right thing. I don't know. Um, but I love how Par- like Superman's gotten to the point where he's so powerful that Parasite, just via proximity, is absorbing. I know. How cool is... <laughs> all his energy. How, like, how cool is it? And he looks... Does he usually look like this? He looks like a lamprey. You know, those those mouths. It uh, looks really cool. Not really. I think it's, it's really good. I take. think this is a different look for Parasite because he didn't look so gross. Mm. And I just love how he's bloating up because, yeah, the proximity of Superman. And Clark immediately kind of gets a little nervous. Uh, I can't let him touch me. i got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you would feel, yeah, you would feel pretty 
kind of, oh, God, what can I do? Because I don't want to blow my cover, but also this this purple grape is getting bigger. Yeah. Um, Actually, he did, he did look kind of like this, like, post-crisis. Right. In the, the 90s and stuff. Okay. Uh, but I think pre-crisis, he was a bit more... He was definitely more kid-friendly. He wasn't some weird mouth. He was more humanoid. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, it's a really cool design. Wasn't he in just recently those digital release the dollar comics of superman that were yeah he was in the first issue yeah yeah but he didn't look like this oh, at yeah, all that, that's still going actually okay um well yeah slight better news uh the the six issue run uh, with the one writer has ended mm-hmm. um i know his name but the the comic is still going so there's an issue seven now so i think they must have sold well enough that they're just going to keep putting them out oh, cool which is cool because it's a nice standalone series not tied into anything else yeah. so yeah but anyway, back to this. Uh, yeah, so, like, and Superman's not even, like, right next to him or anything. He's on the other side of the large room. So he's just, um, yeah, so Parasite just, I, I don't think he even, even knows why he's just absorbing all this power. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And he's loving it. And Lex is not worried at all. No, he's not. He should be. Yeah, so what if he drains a toaster before the screws take him down, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the matter, Kent? Scared he'll absorb your last reserves of cowardice? <laughs> just, he just, <laughs> it's, again, it's just, I love this kind of writing. It's <laughs> yeah, right on point. The, the, I was about to say the back and forth, but there isn't really any back and forth. It's just Lex insulting. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And just uh, Kent just kind of taking it, and, and then trying to redirect him and focus him on the on the interview. Yeah. Um, and how's a riot happening? Because mm. parasites taking out the guards, and the inmates are just taking advantage yeah. while being attacked by parasites as, as well. well. Yeah, yeah. You get the tear gas coming in. Um, yeah. And again, another great um, example of bumbling Clark. Um, and he's oh my stress ulcer, and he starts kind of bumbling away <laughs> <laughs> right into the tear gas. Actually, yeah. Um, <laughs> the... Kent, that's tear gas, you moron. Yeah, like... <laughs> exactly. And I've just no, yeah. Lex is still in his gym gear. He's just got like the the coat on and the scarf. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, make him kind of look you know the pompous man that he is. Um, mm. No, no one can wear gym shorts as dignified as lex um but no it also elevates him it makes him different from the rest of the inmates as well yeah. he obviously has more perks and authority oh yeah yeah than everyone else um yeah so now this is a good sequence again this is purely to i guess it showcases if this is the closest thing to superman we'll get in this issue um Clark doing a little bit of, and a bit later on, a little bit of saving here and there, all under the guise of, of being Clark Kent. Um, so you get the the shenanigans with the, the prisoner trying to shoot Lex behind him. Yeah. Clark comes in. Um, I can't see, yeah, stumbles into Lex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's making himself cry, too, from the tear gas. Ah, right, yeah. Which is, you know, a nice touch. Yeah, because he usually wouldn't be affected, right? So, no, he's just, he wouldn't. Yeah. Um, Unless it's like kryptonite tear gas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'll, again, so to showcase how Lex is, it just has no idea what's happening, you know, 
um, he, you know, follow me, Kent, if you want to live. But he does have a plan to kind of get out of there. So yeah, he doesn't realize that because Clark says it more than once. And he doesn't realize it at any point. No, no, because you know, uh, yeah. What you meant about the showers and like the the sprinklers? Yeah, the showers and even getting the guy with the gun out of the way. Yeah. Cause, oh yeah. Because like, like you could have cracked my skull. Yes. Um, you oaf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, but he yes. Free- Sorry, but yeah, he, he does. So you, you see it off panel, but you just see the guards outside and far away. They're um they're saved from the yep. riot. Um. So yeah, you, you get a sense of it. And then the only bit of Superman you really do see here, uh, the heat vision. Um on the sprinkler system. Oh, and, and sorry, and there you go, the Arctic breath. Uh, yeah. Yeah, which is funny. It's like, good thing Lex didn't look back. Yeah. So he'd be like, hey, have the worst guys freeze. But yeah, I love the cough and all that. Yeah. Don't tell me, it's your asthma. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Here we have Lex calling Clark a sanctimonious ox. <laughs> 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 uh, these insults are great it's hilarious um, well I think also here as well I could be wrong as well this is what I thought like Clark just um, uh, you, you know just a bit of a fail safe here by saying oh that's some security system so in case Lex happens yeah, to see just it just in case yeah it's like oh yeah that's a good point yeah um, but I don't think Lex even cares or worries at this point um, no, he thinks it's all under control really yeah well not under control but he's like Nothing is out of his, out of his control. I should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. That's probably something he expected. He's he's planned for all this. You know, he's got contingencies, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we. I really love the effect of Clark's X-ray vision. Mm. Yeah, that's that is nice. Um, well, was that X-ray vision? Or was that like infrared? Infrared. Yeah. Uh, ultraviolet UV. It's like the Predator. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I've, it's it's an actual question. It could be, uh, but I yeah, he sees. I guess could... he can see in different spectrums, right? So, oh right, yeah, maybe. I just I love the effect coming out of his eyes, though. Oh yeah, like a little glow. projector. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good touch. I mean, because like, how else do they? They usually show his eyes, um, the pupils like white, right, or something like that, when, when he's using X-ray vision. Um, so uh, I don't think his pupils go white. Don't they? I think he's, no, I think they're just kind of normal. Really? Okay. Yeah. But this is but, this is certainly a different way of showing X-ray vision, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh no. What's that? Oh, I'll tell you afterwards. Because um, it's not Superman related. Ah. Uh, so yeah, I love how Parasite's saying like a sun. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, he's... Yeah, it is. The power that he's absorbing, he's... And he's getting massive and um, crashes through. Yeah. Of his mouth. I do as well, especially when he's that... Like, he he really becomes monstrous and and quite a horror. Um, But you look at Lex as well. It's funny. He's just there staring at him (laughs) before they run, you know. Yeah. Uh, He's got this huge thing. Uh, so it shows a bit of courage, pops off a couple of rounds on the hide of, of Parasite. Um, he does end up saying, pray to Einstein for a miracle, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, this is cool. I love it. The um, As Parasite gets bigger, it, it's just, you get the sense of scale because he fills a whole corridor. Um, he does, yeah. And then 
you know, obviously we have uh, Clark faking an earthquake. Yeah. Well, not causing an earthquake and collapsing the walls onto Parasite. Yep. Very well done. Um, and Which works because Parasite's just, like, overloaded at this point. Yeah. You can't take any more energy. Yep. And, and beautiful use here, again, I've got to say, the, the layout, the panel layouts, uh, quietly, yeah. especially the third one, you get the wavy kind of earthquake seismic um, um, borders, mm. and and actually the top floor is is part of that negative white space, and it becomes the 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 concrete that falls on parasite. I think that's really cool. Yeah, um, no, it is it is really cool, and like Clark hasn't even gotten his powers drained. That's that's how turbocharged Clark mm, is. Yeah, hey, right. Yeah. I hadn't considered that. Um, parasite hasn't drained, and Parasite has gotten so big. Yeah. Off Superman, but Superman hasn't actually lost anything. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's only a small portion of what he's got, probably. So. Yeah, and Lex takes credit <laughs> for the win. <laughs> yeah. He's like, my bullets must have tipped the balance, made him too massive to carry yeah, his own base. Like, yeah, it was the bullets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, and further to that as well, when, he, when Parasite is well and truly under all the debris... You get Lex now finally starting to do the physical <laughs> stuff, kicking him, punching him, and, and you know, shouting, beating his chest, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I love Kent's. Lex, my shorthand, can't handle the volume because Lex is just like shouting <laughs> and saying all this. Oh, yeah, he's going. Nuts. Yeah. And his eyebrow's gone. Well. Yeah. And it has been gone um, since, I think, the tear gas. Right, yeah. Yeah, because you, I hadn't noticed it. Yeah, I hadn't noticed yeah. it before. And then it's gone. Okay. So is it, yeah, it have, it have, you don't see it disappear off screen, but it is missing. So is this a Lex thing? Is this a what's this lost eyebrow? Is that a? I I don't remember an eyebrow thing. Okay. I think it could be just for this, but I could be wrong. Just a little quirk. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, in the interview, Morrison says like the the vanity of Lex drawing on his eyebrows is all he needs to know about the character. So, mm, okay. Interesting. Well, not all he needs to know, but like it tells you so it, much. It about does. It. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's quite vain. Yep. Yeah. Vain and insecure. Um, yeah. You know, oh, it's a he, nice touch. Outwardly, he's not like that, but you know, he's drawing eyebrows on his head cause he wants to have hair. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then he's like, anyone else want to challenge my ideas to all the inmates? He's acting all tough He's acting all because, um, yeah. Because <laughs> he, he, he's there standing over the unconscious blob that is Parasite. Uh, I love how, I do love how Clark feels sorry for him, though. Um, for, for Lex? Parasite. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Because, like, Parasite, you know, it's a pretty horrible existence that he has. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would be. Oh. Yeah. Um... Yeah, this other, another kind of left turn here, uh, Leopold. Um, yeah, Leopold in the Superman suit, which was uh, I, interesting. I think it was just wasn't it wasn't it just a he just wants to mock Superman, so he thought he'd put Leopold in it. Um, I think so, and the, it also makes. Um, I, I love how it just makes. He points out it might just make Clarkson completely unreliable as a journalist because he's talking about. Lex's monkey in a Superman suit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Uh, another great thing here is that towards the end, um, you do get a, a little bit of a payoff to the the Bibliobots Mark Two. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, I think this is very clever. And again, for me, very kind of Morrison-esque, the fact that um, reciting Moby Dick at, at frequencies so high, apparently that it can create a sonic drill capable enough to to go through rock, uh, which which forms mm. Lex's escape route. Um, I think that's just, you know, something that was so innocuous at the beginning, these bibliobots, which were just for, for laughs, um, it actually has a purpose, the Lex. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's pretty, I don't know, I don't know if it's smart, but it's just pretty funky what Morrison has done with it. Um, yeah. It's something that you wouldn't expect, and it, it kind of, yeah, rounds it out. And then we have uh, his niece. It doesn't say she's his niece here. I think I might say that later, but um, like 99% sure the character is his niece. Uh, she comes from, apparently she comes from really old Supergirl comics. Okay. Yeah, I just thought she was kind of like like Mercy or someone, you know, just another, no, yeah. She She's a Luther, I think um, Lex's sister's daughter. Okay. Yeah. Um. And yeah, she's from Supergirl. So, okay. uh, yeah, but she's cool. Um, and of course, Morrison's updated her look because he loves the whole weather thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which he admits. So, uh, yeah, and she points out that his eyebrow is <laughs> yeah, missing. Exactly. He turns his back to Clark and starts kind of, which yeah. is funny, is fortuitous as well. Only at that point because Clark gets her to clean his glasses, um, take his glasses off. Um, yeah, but anyway, they do. Not that Clark would care anyway. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I thought like more so his secret identity as Superman. But then it doesn't really matter because he those next two panels he kind of looks at like straight in his face. Um, yeah. So what did you make of this this kind of last thing as well? Like, there's a frustration here from Clark. Um, yeah, definitely. But I think he wants Lex to, you know, just stop being. Because, well, obviously he realises what Lex can do yeah. for good and Lex is just not doing it. He's just being pig-headed. Even though he's defeated Superman, he's still not doing anything mm. for humanity. Yeah. Clark's fed up. <laughs> he's really fed up. Like, he loses his composure here. Yeah, yeah. And it just seems like such a, a small, like, small thing. Like, Lex's victory is the fact that, not that he'll die, but he'll die first. You know, and and that's good enough for Lex. You know, if 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 he dies like a mad dog, as Clark says, because he's being so stubborn and pig-headed, doesn't matter. As long as he gets to do what he do, and and long as he gets to kill Superman first, he'll be as happy as anything. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I think Clark's talking to him as Superman, mm. really. Oh yeah, yeah. And of course, Lex doesn't notice. Yeah, as you said, goes over his head. Um, yeah, <laughs> he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but he reveals the thing. Uh, he reveals to Clark, um, uh, you, you, know, you know, how he used the sun against him and, and now Superman's dying. So that's kind of been revealed. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that this is like a Karen and the river sticks, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's... For sure. Which makes sense given Clark is dying and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's a really nice visual. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, it, it literally looks like the underworld. Everything's red. Everything's red. Stuff. Yeah, the colouring <laughs> really yeah, adds, adds um, to it. Um, it's very nondescript. There's just some stairs, but it's just some cavern. 
Um, yeah. and, and she's got, I mean, who uses a stick and a, and a boat these <laughs> days? But it, it, it adds to the effect. It's great. Oh, it's great. It's, yeah. a, you know, um, uh, I was just jumping ahead briefly. It's a really gorgeous last page. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Clark looking, you know, sad and despondent about, pretty probably about Lex and what just happened. Mm. And the fact that he, he was the one that killed him, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he just had hopes that Lex would redeem himself at some point. I, I think so. Um, I, th- I think this, this chat, like, part of it was Clark really understanding Lex a bit more. And, and I think Morrison does that really well to showcase, you know, the type of person Lex is. And, and for all his faults and stuff, uh, he's got so much talent there. And I think that frustration mm. the frustration from Clark is just, it's shown at the end. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've seen this interaction with Superman and, and Lex Luthor before, but oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But in, in this instance, I think it was set up very well um, by having Clark interview Lex and and go through everything through the um through the jail through Strikers. I mean, it's it's one of their best dynamics. It's reminiscent of stuff like you know Lexor. Mm. Um, as silly as that seems on paper, all the Lexor stories are like really good stories because they explored this whole thing. Of, yeah. yeah what Lex is capable of when he's not, yeah. you know, yeah. must-kill-Superman mode, um, which just makes him a more nuanced villain. Like, there's definitely something to be said for the post-crisis Marv Wolfman Lex, where he's, like, you know, the corporate fat cat, yeah. who's a very realistic villain, but his character didn't really have any nuance, yeah. <laughs> if you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas I think you can sort of, you can do, like, the best of both worlds if you just give him a bit of that... Uh, depth yeah um, i mean because this this lex here it's not like from what we've seen from his talks with with clark it's not like he's showcased any real great like genius like he had, he's got the the robots and he's he's kind of um made well, his escape smart he's yeah but they're all like but it's devoted towards killing someone really so. yeah but it's more i think it's more his character rather than this is how smart i am look what i can do he, oh he, yeah, it's not like he, that. He hasn't shown this at all, you, you know, um, that side of Lex. But just by having him, you know, and Clark spend time with Lex, I think he, he gets that sense of that the sort of person and the potential that he has. Um, but I yeah. think it's good that Morrison doesn't dwell or focus on, as you say before, um, on on uh, the the Red Sun one, where it's like this. I'm Lex. Look how smart and look how yeah, know, exactly. yeah, skilled I am. You know, he, and when he does do it, he was doing it. Like he established that most at the start of the book, mm. and that, and he was establishing it while Lex was enacting his plan, which is like the start of the whole story. Yeah. So it wasn't Lex just mindlessly playing chess and going, "Look how smart I am." It was Lex being smart to like take out Superman yeah. as part of like his three D chess plan. Yeah. Um, so it didn't feel like super self indulgent or anything. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, I really love how Lex goes. There's no deep psychology between the struggle between Superman and me. It's all very simple. How would you feel if someone deliberately stood in your way over and over again? If it wasn't for Superman, I'd be in charge on this planet. Yeah. And I really love how he boils it down to that. Yeah. Um, There's there's all this stuff we talk about, all this stuff with how Lex's potential and stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, he wants this thing and Superman constantly gets in his way. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, he does. He does kind of boil it down to this as well. But again, like, there's so much more to it, and and I think the fact that he he's, 
his last outburst of I'd be in charge on this planet, it just speaks volumes of the type of person he is, um, you know, and his grand ideas. Um, but at the same time as well, uh, what's make, what makes Clark concerned is that he knows that he, he can't, like he's got the capability like of, of actually, you know, attaining that level if he wants, you know, because Lex is quite, you know, he's quite powerful in his own right. Yeah. So he can, like, he can, like, he can be in charge of the planet. But I think that's one of his pitfalls as well, is that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, him blaming Superman, that, you know, I don't know, just, just his lust for power, I think, is a little, um, is what really brings him down. Uh, but he does, he does boil it down to, yeah, if someone stood in your way over and over again, it would get annoying. It would get annoying for anyone. So, yeah. Um, that's yeah that's a struggle between him and superman um but there's i think there's a lot more behind the door there for lex <laughs> you, you get get oh, him yeah, on the yeah, get him on the couch is. i think it'd be you know crack uh, him open put lex yeah. put lex on the couch oh yeah wow there's plenty of things like as you said like as morrison said the eyebrow there's insecurities there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of things yeah yeah uh, but that makes them a very uh compelling character i think and, and again i mean yeah there's there was a part i remember i can't remember the exact as morrison does go on about how part of lex is like lex isn't actually as smart as he thinks he is no oh. even though he's brilliant but like you know lex is just which i guess is might just be a part of lex is just not realizing a lot of things but that about life oh um, okay yeah yeah I thought it'd be more like um, his denial. What we spoke about earlier about his denial of of accepting the fact that Clark would be Superman. Um, there's a, yeah. a lot of things that make him look stupid, but is it because of his intellect or is it because of something down where he just his ego where he he doesn't want mm. to accept it? Yeah. 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 Which. Um, yeah, but that I I really love the last page and you know the last page is great um and i just i think it's a nice note it's just because i don't know it, it just you know the whole river sticks thing i think it works so much more because clark is dying yep you know it's not just oh yeah yeah it's not representing lex being in hell or something no it's kind of representing clark's journey through this story as well and it's yeah kind of a, like he's getting closer to death moment as well mm-hmm. like you know, hey, reminder, quite reminder that Superman is still dying, and we're getting closer yeah. to the end of this book. Yeah, you know, and, and um, just the last, I mean, from Denise, you know, where to now, Mister Kent? I mean, that works literally. You know, where, where yeah. do we get or where to now? Like, you know, in his path, in his in his um, encroaching death. It's uh, you know, after this encounter with Lex, after something that we go to a really cheerful place after this. Um, <laughs> We'll do, yeah, mm, that that tongue in cheek, right? Um, that was tongue. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. it's uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like it. In fact, it, even after the next issue is like the kind of depression phase of Superman's um, uh, steps of grief or whatever. Yeah. Um, like the Bizarro saga, which will oh, be next yeah. episode, obviously. But yeah. Morrison said that was like the the depression part of the book. Okay. Um, 
which is cool. I like that because it's all, if I, from what I remember, the bizarre stories are all at night and stuff. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is a good issue. Ah, uh, yeah, really good. Uh, I really enjoy. I think it's it's another classic Lex uh, issue. Yeah, and it's but yeah, it's Lex done really well. I think uh, mm. and Clark done really well. Um, uh, the, like you said, no Superman in it, but uh, it had me. It was very compelling. From, from beginning to end. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, there, there was no Superman at all. Like we, mm. as in, there was no costume whatsoever. Mm. We never saw one panel where he wasn't acting like Clark Kent. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really great. And I, I like, I mean, I, I've always wanted, I think you could do some cool stories like that where Superman just doesn't show up, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that's a, um, you know, that's a, a technique that some writers would have used I mean, I'm yeah. sure there are a, a few Superman-less issues. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I just think it's something that could be done even more. But uh, yeah. there's, that, there's that whole story I want to read, uh, Superman Up in the Sky, where he has to take down Lex after he's lost his powers. Oh. So Justice Clark can't really want to read that. Oh, that sounds good. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I really liked that issue. I think that's... Um, I mean, all the issues are strong, and as you said, as we said off-air, they're all just different facets of uh either superman's character state of mind or the superman sort of mythos mm. um but i really liked this and i think you know it's because lex is such a good character and the way they did it here is um you know actually if i'm sorry go on uh, i just say like with lex being so integral to to superman lore and stuff you need to have him a very lex centric issue i'm sure that morrison wanted to to showcase that and i think he's done it very well yeah. with this one he's done lex a, very much a lot of justice with this yeah definitely yeah. um he said like he for lex he got inspiration from everywhere he like combined the best of all the lexes yeah. into one and he said is actually his favorite version of lex is like the elliot s Magaton sort of bronze age ah. lex so the one he specifically referenced actually was the Galactic Golem story. Oh, yeah. Where he thinks he's destroyed the Earth. <laughs> and then he's relieved that he hasn't, you know. Um, which, you know, he said as a kid blew his mind because <laughs> the bad guy was, like, sad that he destroyed the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, obviously I saw a lot of that here because a lot of those stories were about, you know, Lex just stopped being such a butthead and... Yeah. <laughs> You know, so I definitely see that as like the biggest kind of thing, which which is like my favorite take on Lex personally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good issue. Really good. Really, really good. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want to take a break, or should we just jump into the next issue? Uh, yeah. Let's go. Let's go into the next issue. Sure. Okay. So, why don't we fly off to Smallville? <laughs> for a lot of uh, shenanigans to ensure, I'm sure. Yes. Let's do it. Up, 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 up and away. The swamp, more than merely a place. It is a churning, seething, bubbling bed of life of which you are a part. Once you were a man, a chemist named Ted Salas, until one little experiment went somewhat awry, and you changed. The serum 
that was to have made you a super soldier, combined with the strange forces in the swamp, to make you over into this, a shambling, mindless mockery of your former humanity. The Macabre Man-Thing. Man-Thing was created in the early 1970s to capitalize on the growing monster craze, but under writer Steve Gerber it became something quite different. Experimental, surreal, and very, very weird. It was something I loved as a kid, but does it still hold up today, four decades after its initial publication? So join me, Paul Matthew Carr, as I attempt to make sense of this cult classic and analyze each issue, putting it in the context of the time it was written and comparing it to the standards of today. And maybe you too can come to love the world's second most famous swamp-based comic book character as much as I do. The Nexus of All Realities, a Man-Thing podcast, a twice-monthly dive into the bizarre. So this is for issue six, Funeral in Smallville. Clark recalls speaking with his father, Jonathan Kent, at the Kent farm. Crypto appears and Clark takes him to outer space to play with him. Calvin Elder, along with two other other men, appear at the farm to ask Jonathan if he needs any help with the harvest. Meanwhile, Clark meets with Lana Lang and Pete Ross at a local soda shop. Clark leaves to spy on the three new visitors when his super hearing picks up something. Calvin Elder surprises Superman and sneaks up on him. He explains he's a member of the Superman squad and they are chasing the Chronovore. His real name is Cal Kent, a Kryptonian born on Earth in the future. They warn Superman that his powers are young and he can't see five dimensions uh, just yet. They attack the Chronovore and plead that Superman stay away as he sucks time away from people. During the scuffle, Superman has three minutes taken from him, uh, which so happened to be the three minutes during which Jonathan Kent dies. Clark mourns his father at his funeral. The Supermen are ready to take off when Superman Prime arrives and gives him an indestructible flower from New Krypton. Yep. Um, yeah, a, a very different tale. Uh, a little bit more Superman centric in this in this instance. You, you don't get one; yeah. you get four of them, more more than four, yes. five, six, seven of them. Um, if you count <laughs> the ones at the end, eight of them. If you count crypto, <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah uh, a very different take again from Morrison. He he's done something different, um, but yeah, overall, again, very yeah. enjoyable. Nothing to really kind of fault this one with uh it was a different romp a lot more action um yeah 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 uh yeah no definitely um well i I love the cover Mm. yeah the uh the cover's really good um superman just pondering there with John, and you love crypto as well. I'm sure you would have really enjoyed the presence He's, of crypto. Who, who doesn't? Crypto? <laughs> how can how can someone not like crypto? Yeah. The super powered dog, unless you hate dogs. Yeah, um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was doing well. He, I saw a bit of um, heat vision from crypto as well when they're up in space. So, 
um, using all the uh, he can fly as well, uh, using all his yeah. all his powers. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, all that stuff is really great. So, yeah, I mean, and I think there's just something about like uh, a person and that that dog, mm. you know. Well, the, um, yeah, there is a bond between the two, for sure, that you see. Um, I think it's just a really nice, simple cover of him mourning um, with, you know, his faithful yeah. crypto companion. There's obviously, it's a very, like, sort of uh, sad cover, mm-hmm. but I think it's just quite... Um, uh, I want to say powerful, but, like, not... not like It's just a... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. Um, it's striking. Yeah. Striking. Yes, striking's a good word. Oh, very good. Um, and, and and as we mentioned before, if you look at Superman here drawn, um, very different from the Clark Kent that we saw in the previous issue. Um, yes. Very strong jaw, very strong neck, um, pondering, but, um, you know, just carries himself very differently from Clark's. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm. He's also a bit slimmer as well yeah. than well, I think. Well, mate, even the clothes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, even nor- a bit smaller than normal Superman, I think, because he's younger mm-hmm. here. I mean, he's not Superboy, because um, uh, actually, in the interview, Morrison did say that there was no Superboy. Okay. Uh, in the All Star Superman verse, right? In fact, I like that quote because it sums up my feelings about Superboy. Um, Jeez, you should credit Morrison for some of this podcast, I guess, considering I'm reading out so much of his bloody <laughs> thing. But the reason I'm doing it is because, you know, how often do you just get to have the author's own words mm. uh, on stuff? You know, instead of having to wonder if, like, hey, um, what was with that uh, Superman killed that robot? That was a person. Um, that was weird. Hey? Do you remember that? Um, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they just—it just came to life from that supercomputer. Yeah. Um, and he killed it, and then oh, oh well, and he, he kind of walked off. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it was like you left kind of shocked, going, "You've just killed two artificial intelligences. One has is literally a baby, <laughs> like a tot." Actually, brief brief detour. Mm. We didn't actually talk about it. Uh, that story was written by Denny O'Neill, oh, who did recently. Yep pass away mm. and obviously he's well known for his Batman and stuff, but he is a Superman alumni. Mm. Uh, you know, he wrote some really fantastic Superman stories and the one which is not so fantastic, which we covered, <laughs> but uh, generally his Superman stuff was really good. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite issues was the first one I showed to Ray was a, one of the first ones I showed to Ray was a Denny O'Neill issue. And he wrote um, Superman versus Muhammad Ali, which is an absolute ah, classic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, big rip to Denny O'Neill, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I think it's impressive because he, from his words, he doesn't get Superman. He doesn't empathize or relate to him. He just wrote him as a professional mm-hmm. uh, because it's his job to write good stories, and that's how he tackled it. And I think that's impressive. And maybe sometimes having a writer that doesn't uh, have a huge attachment to the character can be a good thing. Yeah. You know, exactly. because he did push out some really quality work. Yeah. So I just think that's interesting. Yeah. But, um, you know, outside of Superman, he did, like, the question, Green Arrow, Green Lantern. Like, he was a huge yeah. deal. Oh, no. So, a huge figure in the industry. Um, yeah. As many creators online, social media, 
have sent their condolences. Um, it, it's had a huge impact, I guess, his passing. and um, Yeah, he, but he's left a, a good legacy. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, so Vale, Denny, um, O'Neill. Yeah. But uh, back, back to All-Star and, you know... So Morrison has gone for like, you know, All-Star was never Superboy. All-Star Superman lands on Earth as a normal, if slightly stronger and fitter infant and only began to manifest powers in adolescence when he finally soaked up enough yellow solar radiation to trigger his metamorphosis, which is probably my favorite sort of explanation. But mm. yeah, he says um, the burn logic seemed to me a better way to explain how his powers had developed across the decades from skyscraper leaps of the early days to the speed of light speed of light space flight of the high silver age and more importantly it made the superman myth more poignant the story of a farm boy who turned into an alien as he reached adolescence i felt that was something that really enriched superman he grew away from his home his family his adopted species as he became superman uh, his teenage years are a record of his transformation from normal boy to super being and i agree with that mm. i think that's as i've said before there's like a real coming of age aspect to Superman that you don't get as much if you have Superboy running around. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, good cover. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Nice good too. Um, I mean, look at it, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we do have a really nice shot of uh uh, not shot, but opening page of Par talking to Superman, but it doesn't feel forced like a lot of the no. new conversations do. Um, yeah, because um, Clark's actually young here. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking about this because you know we have seen this a lot of them just looking up at the sky and chatting, but this was done. Yeah, this was this was a little different, um, and yeah, I, I liked it uh, because actually you do see you actually do see crypto. <laughs> um, Making yeah. his entrance. It's a pretty, yeah. It's a pretty cool introduction. Yeah. Um, you know, Pa's going on about how he couldn't have a child mm. with Ma and stuff, and then Clark literally falls out from the sky. <laughs> yeah. And like, after he was praying. Yeah, I mean, and it's a small thing, but like that kind of instance of them not being able to have kids, um, you know, which would be a massive thing for a lot of couples. Um, and oh, yeah. I, I'd never really, I never really focused on that aspect of it. You know, I only just focused on before previously on, uh, you know, this, this baby from the sky just comes in and, and they, they take him in. But the fact that it's almost, almost kind of like to me, like a, a fairy tale thing. It reminded me a little bit of Tom Thumb because there, there was a, a childless couple there mm. and they, they wished for something and a fairy granted them like a, a child. This is kind of similar in the sense that this baby comes from yeah, falls from the sky for them um, and it's something that they wanted. So, yeah, I just like that yeah. that aspect. Yeah, and it's, it's a thing, um, you know, throughout human history of uh, praying for miracles. Mm. Yep. And stuff like that, especially when you can't have a child. Um, it's it's kind of like how Morrison talks about how a lot of people think that this story has Superman as a Christ figure, and it's like, well, no, it just happens to be that Christ figures are something that happen a lot in human mythology, mm. you know? So I think there's just a lot of general... Um, sorry, I'm a bit... 
can't say why, <laughs> but my brain's a bit weird right now. I'm not allowed <laughs> to say why, though. Okay. But that was just a thought tangent yeah. I went on yeah, no when you said that. It reminded me of Tom Thumb because it just it reminded me of just, you know, all of these folklore tales yeah. and stuff. There's nothing, nothing um, wrong with tangents, and yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love the art here. I really love the sky that he does. I think it plays really well because they do it, even in the cover as well, um, you get the detail of Frank, Frank Quietly on, on uh, Clark and Jonathan. Everything else is kind of yeah. uh, muted or even digitized. Um, mm. So it has a really different effect and it actually makes the two figures stand out more. Um, yeah. Uh, so it accentuates, I guess, the if you look at it, I'm looking at the middle panel where they're looking into outer space or the night sky. It just gives that... It makes that expanse um, look even better. I love how there's a shooting star, mm. and you're reading it, and you kind of think, oh, they're just looking at a shooting star, yeah. but then it turns out to be Krypton yeah. <laughs> coming down to Earth. Yeah. Um, at first I thought he crashed into that tree that Clark wanted to get, but, um, but that was yeah, me too, yeah, but he... somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. And then I think kind of that... he pops up and he barks. Yeah, uh, I think that might be like a little... Um, you know, I don't want to disparage such excellent art, but maybe a, a little bit of a um, an error on that part of leading the eye because of the, you know, these comic book artists. They there's a lot of about uh, there's a skill in in leading the eye through the panels, and I think by having that crypto curl around, and you have him heading towards that tree, and then you look at the next panel, it kind of looks like he's gone into that tree. Um, yeah. But anyway, sorry. It's a little quibble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that that thing does exist. I don't know what to think about it, but yeah. you know, I I get it. Um, I love <laughs> how he plays fetch with the tree, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He just looks like this huge tree, and that. <laughs> and you know, he's he's doing the play bow and stuff. Yep. Um, if you've had a dog, you'll recognise. Uh, have you had a dog? Already? No, no, ne- never owned a dog. Really? More of a no. Yeah. Um, had many cats. Um, many cats. Um, would have you know? Would have liked to have. I reckon would have enjoyed having a dog. But you know, I love my cats as well. I love animals really in general. The, Sorry, they have the mannerism of uh, the dogs mm. down really well. Like um. Like, as I said, the play bow and stuff yeah. when it wants to play. Like, they do this little bow on their paws. Yeah. Um, this is one of the reasons I like crypto is, you know, in the hands of the right artists and stuff, mm. they can really give him the dog. Yeah. Uh, authenticity of dog. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with authenticity of dog. Oh. Yeah. Um, and he also... Uh, is, he did... S- I like what he said about crypto. It's not long, but he was, he did mention, um, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. Oh, uh, Grant Morrison. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just, uh, you keep talking while I, Oh yeah. Um, so actually when crypto arrives and, and rightly so when there's a lot of playfulness happening, there's not much dialogue here from Morrison. I think the art takes over, um, as Connor says, you know, ripping up the tree to play fetch. Uh, and they're very, just very simple layouts. Um, and, and Clark um, throwing it up into up into the sky. 
um, dare I say, does he go into outer space? Yep, <laughs> he throws it into space um, with Crypto following and Clark um, following suit as well. Um, yeah, very, very, yeah, very effective. A lot of use of uh, computer animation, I guess. What do you, what do you call it? Computer effects to get that kinetic look of the tree leaving Earth. Mm. Um, yeah, and then you get also <laughs> you get a little sense of of uh, Jonathan, just a little clutch of the the chest. Um, yeah, you know, you know. I mean, any Superman fan would know what you know what that will entail. Uh, oh yeah, imminent heart attack mm. for even Kent incoming. <laughs> yes, uh, Gad Zooks. Gad Zooks. Um, but yeah, a very nice looking couple. Lot you know, um, couple the Kents, okay. very wholesome, humble. You can. F- they're very your, um, you know, your really old fashioned, uh, farmer mm. couple. Like they're out of time. Yeah, totally. Um, which I have no problem with, you know, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like even Martha think, looks I, really different, I think, right? Isn't she usually portrayed a little more, I don't know, but she just looks really different here. Well, I think this is the more... Standard, yeah? Does she have yeah, glasses? I mean, I don't know, okay. it's not really a, Okay. Yeah, she she does oh, okay. a lot of the time. There's just a lot of instances where they've, like, modernised the cats and stuff, so it's all, yeah, as I've said, the, the cats, they keep dying and coming back. Mm. Uh, to life, which is bizarre to me, but at least Superman didn't sell his soul to Mephisto yep. to bring them back and have Lois Lane forget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, he does say, uh, actually, wait till we get to that one part. Yeah. Um, but we we get the introduction of of Cal um, here. What I found was a little the a little irksome. So the whole thing was just Jonathan being so accepting of these rather weird-looking people that come to to assist the harvest. <laughs> um, I don't know. These I mean, out-of-towners... You just watch Clark fly into space. Yeah, I know, I know. But at the same instance as well, we're talking about how like old-world, old-fashioned they are. Um, maybe, maybe that has kind of leveraged them. I guess they're supposed to be old world in a good way, not old yeah. world in a racist way. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. Like, fair enough. I mean, but um, uh, yeah, they really do look not appropriate to to help with the harvest. It, it's very random. But Jonathan, being the good heart that he is, says, "Yeah, okay, well, these guys are on board." Yeah. When you when you mention that, yeah. I, I can see it. Yeah. But um, I guess the other thing is, does it warrant the page space? There could have been a, there could have been like a comical throwaway panel, of something of him reacting to them. I think, which might have helped. Oh yeah, okay. Like a bit taken aback, like oh these guys are a bit weird, but hey, you know, yeah, yeah, they seem like nice, good folks. So yeah, yeah. Um, that I think that maybe could have fixed it. Yeah. But uh, you know, I love um. Superman and crypto on the moon. That is one. Of, that's probably the, the the money shot for me. Uh, mm. Not to say because there's a lot of really good art in this in this issue, but that just the scale. Um, I think yeah. it, and it's perfect. Just the tools earned by themselves. Um, looking out, uh, yeah. And it's a big open space, but it's a very nice fo- uh, not photo. <laughs> it's a very nice picture. So, uh, and this is a. Uh... One of Morrison's favorite moments of the series. Oh, just 
this the moon uh, the moon crater yeah oh. so he says uh let's see superman and his dog on the moon that perfect teenage moment of infinite possibility mm. introspection and hope for the future he's every young man on the verge of adulthood crypto is every dog with his boy this is the line. It seems a shame to us that Kuto's most memorable moment prior to this was his death scene in Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Mm. Quitly scampering, leaping, eager, and alive little creature is how I'd prefer to imagine Crypto the Superdog and conscious of final, finer and more subtle emotions. Yeah. I, I agree that I'd prefer to remember Crypto as yeah. alive and not dead. Totally agree. <laughs> and, and, yeah, subtle emotions as well. I, I love the fact that he's looking at Superman Rather than the the than planet Earth in that little sp- um, in that shot, yeah, it just really just nice. shows a devotion that the dog has for Superman. Mm. Um, yeah, there's something about that companionship, and uh, it reminds me a bit of the the binary sunset in uh, Star Wars. You know, and Luke's looking off in the horizon. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, twin suns, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, just the sort of looking to the future, the adventure that's to come and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, in Star Wars, that was, like, with a lot bleaker yep. things happening. But, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't have Myron Park can't burn to a crisp the next day. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but this is, yeah, exactly. This this whole expanse of the possibilities, it's, yeah, it's really good, really well done. And no dialogue. You don't need anything. Um, actually, right. this, and I, I really, yeah, this this would have been good as a whole page in itself. I would have thought. Yeah, mm. I. But they um, and it's really nice touch you pointed out of crypto looking at Superman. I didn't yeah. notice that. Yeah, when they're on them. So it's very much what a, you reckon a dog would do as well. Like you know, because you yeah. can't expect it to think what you're thinking. Um, it's just kind of, you know, waiting for its master. Um, well, crypto is just thinking, man, I could use a big bone of chicken right now. <laughs> possibly, possibly. But uh, I love how Clark's wearing the Metropolis University jumper. Yeah, so in this instance, he had been to Metropolis. Um... Well, I think he's currently studying there and he's here oh. on a break. Oh, okay, okay. Because I, okay. I think they talk about it a bit when he's with Lana and Lana Pete Ross and Pete, about yeah, how he, yeah. he lives out of town. He lives in Metropolis at this point. Oh, okay. I, I I missed that detail. I thought he um, had been there. He's just come back. But yeah, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah. Which I like because I like the... Um, maybe it's because of the secret years and stuff, but I do like the, you know, period of Clark studying mm. and... Yeah, that's true. The university. Oh, yeah. So that, that does... Yeah, for sure. That's very consistent with um with his secret years. I just like the idea of Clark studying as well at a university <laughs> too, um, instead of just rocking up and. Well, I love that. That what was that short story that we read? And it's, um, you know, he could easily have breezed through all the textbooks, but he, he took everything. He kind of learned at the pace, like you know, as everyone else. Is that the Bendis one? I think in, so. Yeah. Uh, heroes. Was that anthology? Yeah, yeah, the heroes one. I'm not sure if Bendis wrote that. I don't no, know who wrote that. I don't think it was. I think it might have been him. I don't. It was him or Fraction. I think. Okay. Uh, I think it was Bendis. Though, really? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, that was good. And just, it just what he did, and it just made a lot of sense. Um, because you know, Superman, he could easily, <laughs> you know, what was it? He how many billions of codes that he had to read for? DNA to um, 
Oh, and this? Yeah, um, yeah. In order to, I can't remember. In order to um, make that potion for Lois, so he. But it was a lot. There was a lot. He can do that. <laughs> then I'm sure he can do, you know, tertiary level. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it is good. I do like our um, uh, our little crew here, though. It reminded me of the Doom Patrol, only because the bandage guy. <laughs> but yeah, they. they do look like misfits, I suppose, yeah. because you have uh, not Mister McSpitlick. No, uh, but it, it he is a fifth dimension denizen, which I found pretty amusing. That like there was some breeding going on there yeah. at some point. Yeah, in the Superman line. Uh, yeah, I, I saw the hat immediately, and I thought, oh, is it? It can't be, is it? But no. <laughs> but I'm glad that it, it's tied to it in some sense. Um, but yeah, you get you get him, and you get the broad-shouldered Cal with a very futuristic haircut. <laughs> Calvin, Calvin Elder. Calvin Elder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and this mysterious guy at the back, he's bandaged. The unknown Superman of forty-five hundred eighty. Yeah. Popped up briefly in the second issue. Oh, he did. Do you remember? Um, yeah. Second issue. Uh, when he was asking who oh, was Jay Yes, Lowe. yes, yes. Yeah. Ah. But as we find out, I believe that uh, this isn't actually him. No. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, see, now we're at the Smallville Diner, which is very reminiscent of, obviously, A, the Silver Age Smallville, yep. and B, for all seasons, when they're mm-hmm. eating in the diner as well. Um, yep. Something very homely about it, very local, um, small suburbs. Um, nice. Nice, Pete Ross. Yeah. And so where, where is? Sorry, remind me again. Kind of where is Pete Ross these days? Is he dead or? or I know he. D- no, I don't think he's dead. Okay, because he died in that. I don't know where he is. Yeah, he died in that. What was that? Um, Whatever happened to the man of tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, pretty brutally as well. No, he he was around uh, after in post crisis. He's been around. Yeah, but, so I'm not sure what his exact thing is right now. But he stays in in Smallville, right? That's his thing, isn't it? No, he, he, no, he's in, on my read-through, I'm doing it 90s read-through, he's currently, I think, near Washington, and he's engaged to Lana. Oh, okay. Some soap opera plot lines Ooh. there. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I've no idea. He's not used that much. He's not like a Jimmy Olsen or anything yeah, yeah. these days. He was used a lot back in the day. but mm. So, yeah, I'm not sure what he's doing right now, but I'm sure he's somewhere. I don't think he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's this, there's this really spooky looking guy at the back. I'm wondering if it's an, a creator or an editor. Just, <laughs> uh, there's one where it yeah. Ross and, and Clark are talking and there's this guy. I don't know if it's the same guy in the panel below who walks past them, but he, I think it is. Okay. He's, he's giving a very salty look at them. Um, Which I thought was pretty weird. It is weird. I didn't... It's got to be an in-joke or a reference to someone, surely. Because then he ends up dying. Oh, he... Um... He's the old guy that dies on the next page. The carnivore eats him. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I thought it was really weird. Oh, yeah, but he flew away with that old man. Oh, okay, I, didn't, I did not... I did not pick that up, but yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, very so weird. That... I don't know. Maybe maybe it was a, a, a critic of Morrison's or Quietly's that they just, <laughs> just killed. Yeah, just wanted to get rid of. I feel like if he killed anyone, it'd be Mark Miller or Alan Moore. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it did feel a bit in jokey. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't put. I wouldn't put past it. Um, uh, but they're, they're all kind of talking about Clark's. Like, oh, I don't know if I need to be in the city. Yeah. And stuff complaining about Metropolis a bit, and then you know Pete Ross and Lana Lang are like, "Hey, you're out of Smallville, man. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Which is um, a lot of the sentiments people who are stuck in suburbs, you know, or, or small towns. Sorry. Um, oh God, I wouldn't want to be stuck in Launceston. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you know, the dream is to go again, to the big smoke. Yeah, yeah. Launceston's less homely and more. Bogany, um, <laughs> so you know, uh, yeah, and then Superman overhears something about the Kansas Superman mm-hmm. and stuff, uh, yeah, and then Superman flies off because he makes an excuse. So what, you know, so, I how sorry, Connor, what's his they, he says? I saw because I didn't get this, I saw him, it was the Kansas Superman. I think that's a nod to, um the fact that Superman has been somewhat active around Kansas at this point. Okay. Because there's only just... Because he's not Superboy, but he does have his costume. Yeah. So... Okay. Because there's only... I'm assuming he's been active. Yeah. There's only one Superman, right? It just I just found it interesting that they... Well, I'm guessing they mistook yeah. the future Superman for him. Yeah. Because he's the same colours and he's flying and, you know... Yeah, but wouldn't they just say it was Superman? I saw him, it was Superman. Maybe he's just called the Kansas yeah, Superman. Because like, it's like a local like, name. Like to claim you know? him. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. It's before he... It, I think it also shows that it's before he's Superman. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's before his big break and well-known amongst Oh, the world. okay. This uh, was probably one of his earlier earlier names that was labelled to him. Um, because... I mean, he's still in university. He hasn't really chosen his path yet. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I like how uh, <laughs> Lana's like, "Why do you both have to act like I don't know who he is? Don't make me talk oh, about yeah. this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just some like I love that. Just implies there's this whole plot between the three of them going yeah. on, and that's all we see of it. But it's great; it really adds to the yeah. It just gives authenticity of the world. It um, does, yeah, and it just gives a little little nod to the characters, Lana and Pete. Yeah, yeah. It's as yeah. it's, it's to their kind of role in this whole Superman canon. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we have Superman and Crypto sitting on the water tower, which I love. Mm. And Crypto's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Superman's just hunched there, just just hanging with his dog. Um, but yeah, there you go. There's yeah. that guy. Yeah, okay, so that looks there. That looks like the guy. He does, yeah. Yeah. Um, Hate the poor man's entire life. Uh, yeah, so again, these these three look a little. I mean, Cal even in his civvies, but with his hair, and then you have the bandage guy in a suit as well. They look. They do look like strange visitors. They look like yeah, they do look out of place. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but all of a sudden, whiz bang! So I guess this shows Cal's super speed, kind of creep up, yeah. creep up on Superman. Um, uh, crypto's not. Too, that's a why a whine a whinny is not like angry. I think it's a whine. He's like, yeah, you know, he's suspicious. He's suspicious. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. 
Because you can see him sussing him out in a couple of panels later. Oh, yeah. He's like smelling his, sniffing his feet and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. Very, very well drawn. Quietly does the animals just there. Mm. Yeah. And uh, so Calvin or Cal Kent uh, is the Superman of eighty eighty five thousand two hundred and fifty. That's a big number. Yeah, <laughs> it's he's quite far in the future. Yeah. Um, and Crypto can smell the future on him, which is why he's spooked. Because, mm. you know, dog, dogs have that kind of sixth sense. Yes. Um, which is why they always bark when there's a ghosty nearby. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I love this. As a member of the Superman squad, I fight alongside the Superman of many different eras to protect the structure of space-time itself. Mm. That's another series I want to read. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all these crazy different Superman fighting to preserve, yeah. like, reality that's awesome and so this is yeah this is to me again i think i mentioned at the top of it is getting into very morrison kind of sci-fi you know wonders oh, totally. um yeah um it's cool yeah and we i'm not even gonna we say, and we get the introduction of the allies as you said the unknown superman i'm gonna leave the pronunciation of the other name to you connor is Zick and Quizen Splick, the Superman of the Fifth Dimension. So, if he's the same uh, as, um, so if you say his name backwards or he says it backwards, then he he gets transported back. I'm assuming. Possibly. Yeah. Generally, that's like. I know that was like the rules Mister McSpitwick set up originally. Like he, like he's like here's the rules, and you do this, and I'll go back. But at some point, maybe it turned into you do it to any fifth dimension person and it works oh, but okay. yeah. i think i think it's more the former okay um but uh morrison said he would uh he could write a superman squad comic forever uh, really yeah I, I, actually yeah. i would i would i could see that as well <laughs> yeah yeah and he also said he'd love to write more of atlas and samson as well <laughs> yeah um, that would be cool yeah but uh you know uh, superman beyond we kind of got superman squad because it was a oh, okay. team up. Yeah, no, the whole thing is uh, our Superman leads a team up of three other multiverse Supermen. Oh, nice. You have Captain Marvel, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, Dr. Manhattan, Captain Adam-esque Superman. Ooh. And you have Nazi Superman. Fantastic. And then... Ultraman, who's evil Superman, and they're like the ultimate Superman, and it's very oh. cool. Um, especially Nazi Superman, apparently he has his own issue in multiversity. Oh. So, because he seems really interesting. Yeah. Like, he wasn't a bad guy. Um, that being said, he wasn't, he didn't come off as a Nazi, but he was called Overman, and he okay. was, you know. Anyway, um, I love this little part how he's trying to show him what the Chronovore looks like. Yeah. This is um, is this cool because it's fifth dimension? It's hard to fathom for you can't, us. Yeah, process yeah, it. even for um, us readers as well. <laughs> I guess fifth dimension is just a bit too wacky. No, to, yeah, he does well yeah. with that. Um, and he's like, I forgot five D vision only entered our bloodline in the sixty seventh century when Superman Purple married Quinto <laughs> Queen Gizem Plitlik of Zerf. Superman's just <laughs> so, going what? <laughs> yeah. So I love, like, there's, yeah, there was, um, 
Superman breeding with fifth dimensional mm. imps. That's, <laughs> which is that's great. a story in itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sixty seventh century, yeah. Yeah, so I've hunted the Cronobore monster over ten centuries so mm. far. And I, I really love this line here, you know, where Superman's like our bloodline, but if you're my descendants, I mean do I marry Lana? You know, it just shows um this is before he met Lois and mm. stuff. His Lana was his world at this point. Um and then, you know, Cal Kent's like, um <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's some pretty um cool little tidbits here. Um Yolanda Lang saves the universe. So he's given that he's given yeah. that little um Sorry, I kind of I'm just trying to think as well cuz you know these these time things always <laughs> kind of get you in a tizzy. So you're saying that when you mentioned yeah. they they've been searching for what 10 centuries for the chronovore and stuff. Um hunted across 10 centuries. So they've been to 10 different centuries, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But I'm assuming that would not only be just time but also space because not to spoil anything for any readers that haven't heard it, but the bandaged Superman, he'd be privy to all this anyway. This would happen would have happened in the past, right? So he would he would know? Wouldn't they know to come here to come oh, here oh. to get to get the Chronovore? But anyway, this is Well that's the idea. They imply that Yeah. So why would they be searching ten centuries when they know exactly where it is? But yeah. Well because they probably wanted to Ideally, they wanted to stop the Chronovore before he ever got here. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe there are other things. Oh, yeah, the Chronovore did stuff. But, I mean, yeah. Anyway, that's a... <laughs> these are the problems. It's like they're just going to let the Chronovore run around until he gets to Smallville, you yeah. know? Well, I mean, if they're searching for it... <laughs> I mean, look at this it, dude. But if yeah. they're searching for it and they know exactly where it's going to be at a time, surely you'd go straight to that, you know? You know. Um, but anyway, this is, this is the whole... It's not only this, it's any time-based kind of story there are always things that you can kind of look at um and wonder um and it's also that it's come here to die and to spawn so this whole thing mm-hmm. you know this what was five dimensional creature and i love its design i love the f- it's so <laughs> yeah. weird i love the fact and again a little quirkiness how it's it's ah. consuming you know whatever organisms and stuff. It's turning cows into beef patties because <laughs> because that's <laughs> what they eventually will become. It, it's uh, it just be- it's aging everything yeah. it touches. It just turned Farmer Stone's cows into the hamburgers they were destined <laughs> yeah, to become. It's just, it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great concept though because it's not just aging everything no. to death. It's it's not like, decaying it. It's actually sending it to its eventual. The future, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's bizarre, but it's great, and it's such a horrific and interesting design yeah. as well. Like it truly is alien. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, lots of mouths and stuff and weird bubbles. Uh, but yeah, that 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 hamburger was amazing. I laughed. Yeah, I, I had um, to go back and have a look, <laughs> and then I, I, you can see it in the panel above the little brown. <laughs> I'm assuming they're the hamburgers. Yeah. And then um, we get the fifth dimension dude. I'm not going to say his name. With his uh, with his yeah fifth dimension fifth Superman, dimension Superman with his hyperpoon, hyper hyperpoon. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and I love the little cloud that he is. It harpoon. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a Mitsubishi thing, isn't it? Does he ride on a cloud as well? Because I love this cloud thing that he's got. Okay. I think so. I mean, not all the time, but he does sometimes. Okay. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Um, Stand back, Clark. This is a job for the Superman. Yeah, nice, nice shot there. Um, but yeah, this is where we get the. Um, and and I love this establishing thing. I think it's here, isn't it? Um, no, it has, he hasn't talked about it yet. But like how how Superman's powers have evolved over the centuries, Cal says. And so what we see here, Superman is although he's souped up, right? I mean, remember back from issue one and and uh, what we saw with the parasite before. He's really souped up, but even that is nothing in significance to to Cal's powers. Well, I mean, Cal also says this Superman hasn't even reached yeah. his close to his potential yet. And so, th- yeah, and and this considering that he's souped up, right? Like this is a more powerful Superman than. Oh no, sorry. His no, young, Superman, young Superman, yeah, is before, before the whole thing. Yep, yep, sorry. Yeah. Yep. And this is even before he comes into maturity yes. with his full powers. Yep, yep, so. sorry. Forget that. <laughs> no, that's yeah. good. Um, um, yeah, so the hyperpoon, what does it do? It just... What shoots the like big chain? chain. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of, yeah, it's... Yeah, so there's a bit of a struggle between the Superman. They don't want him to. I love this thing actually as well. I can I can leap from world to world in a single bound. In a single bound. That kind of yeah, gives you. The, that's really awesome. Yeah, it gives you the magnitude of it, of of the of how, how powerful. powerful he's yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's telepathic yep. too. As he says here, your solar powers are in their infancy. Mm. Um, you're not as strong, as smart, or as fast as you will be. And he's like, oh, yeah, but I have my dog. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> and crypto tackles him. We have kind of seen this before, right, in the sense um, that I remember in Kingdom Come, right? Um, Superman, the older Superman, is a lot more powerful. Than, oh, yeah, because he's absorbed yeah. so much yeah. more solar radiation. So it's, it's kind of that, that logic is still here but it it is still awesome to think that the descendants 85,000 years after um imagine the power that that, that he would have it's uh yeah know. but yep crypto mvp just just takes him out um you know pushes him aside at least crypto's got to be pretty strong to be able to do that well maybe just took him by surprise i guess yeah oh yeah it's taken him by yeah. surprise um there's actually uh, apparently the Chronicle was mentioned in DC One Million, oh. uh, which is uh, set after this book. Actually, it's the same, pretty much the same universe. Uh, as Morrison said, he's like to create. Um, he, he likes to think of all of his stories and characters in the same continuity, mm-hmm. uh, but there is specifically a character that even appears in this issue that is in DC One Million. Oh. So. Um, but yeah, is, yeah, they're saying that um, the Chronovore took a long time to get the right design for it because it's it's meant to be a five D being that we only ever see in four D sections. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it had to work as a convincing representation of something much bigger than we're seeing, uh, only where it interpenetrates our four D space time continuum. Okay, um, I didn't really get that, but you know. 
it's been basically different. they're they're trying to portray something um in a dimensions yeah, in a dimension that we can't yeah. fathom um in another dimension that we can't fathom so so yeah. uh, but if, if anything i think they did i think well. they did compared to it reminded me of again i can't remember the issue whatever but remember we saw mitspick lick he, he decides to turn evil and he turned into that purple yeah. purple creature which was a and it didn't match nah, up with what more was it was a little bit of a disappointment um the way it was betrayed yeah um, but he I, I think this is cool because it's just so out there yeah. yeah definitely and this it should have been something more yeah. like this oh, really because yeah. they described it as like horrific and incomprehensible to human eyes yeah. and then mr speedway was just kind of like a humanoid yeah you know? it, was it was just a purple humanoid which wasn't the only time kurt swan's disappointed me that's right kurt swan <laughs> yeah it was uh, you needed you needed some drugs like grant morrison <laughs> no, well that's um this, no one's yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is. Uh, I, I'd assume Frank Whiteley's working off concepts by Grant Morrison for that beast, right? Um, Chronicle. Yeah. I mean, this is a pretty big. Uh, they're, they're buddies. They yeah. worked together before this, so I'm not sure what their exact process is, but it was a very close process. Mm-hmm. Um, they said he said it was like the smoothest collaboration he's done. Like oh, this cool. is the book where he got to plan out the most, do the most work and mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Um, so, yeah. But uh, all that mayhem's going on. We have Bandage Superman walking up to Park Kent. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be aware of the madness going on. No, <laughs> and this this scene becomes a lot more um, relevant towards the end because mm. um, I didn't take really that much note of it when I read it, um, only until towards the end we see who Bandage Superman is. Um, it's a nice touch. And obviously I think Pa somewhat knows the deal with these guys. Yeah. Like he suspects her from the future, I think, because he asks him, you know, he'll be okay, yeah. won't he, the boy? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so it was a nice moment that the two can share. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know... And it's like, no, stay back. The carnival is breaking loose. So Superman intervenes. Yep. And uh, they, holds the carnivore in place. Yeah, and they kind of know that this will... Um, that's why they want him to stay back. But is that partly why they want him to stay back? Because they don't want him to miss out on... To, I think that's exactly yeah, why they want him to They don't to want him back. to miss those three minutes, but it's it's just one of those... Because they know that this kind of happens, but they want to... They want to help him, but... Prevents it yeah, anyway. yeah. But then, the, then you get to the whole argument of like, can you change yeah. the past and stuff, which we won't yeah. get into. Yeah. But I think the idea is this is exactly why they didn't yeah. want him. Um, yeah, and, and and they can't obviously tell him why, which is which is which is why that there's because it's telling him. Yeah, future, and, and that's really. the whole miscommunication, which is why. Which they tell him a bit of the future, but it's all vague mm. stuff or stuff that's I think ultimately inconsequential to his growth. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, they and they can't like if they did say, oh, then he would try to save his his dad, and I don't know. You, you don't know what would happen. So, uh. and maybe they needed mm. him to hold the crown of war for a yeah. bit as well. Maybe otherwise, if he wasn't there, maybe it wouldn't. Yeah, have, that's true. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, so we get that reveal from um, Cal as he holds crypto. <laughs> at bay <laughs> by his yeah throat. by his throat um, but yeah he does know and, the, and the, a shot there of Jonathan just falling um, 
yeah. Starting to... Which is a good twist. Mm. You know, if you face the carnivore, it'll eat a... It'll eat a precious three minutes of your life, and in those three minutes, Jonathan Kent suffered a fatal heart yeah. attack. So, yeah, it's um, heartbreaking stuff. I mean, no, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so battle ensues. Superman goes in. Um, they're all battling this crazy thing. Oh. And then the unknown Superman says, "We got him. Let go." And then Superman realizes he can't hear his past heartbeat. Mm. And then he rushes. And, and I love the effect of the the burning hair of Superman because he's yeah, going that, so fast, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's definitely one way to show how fast he's going. His yeah. hair is on fire. It's probably the fastest he's ever mm. moved. Um, and it's a really good way to show it in one panel yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because we know Superman can fly, so how do you make him look like he's flying faster? How do you do it? Yeah, just with, yeah. Uh, with the fire, so... Set him on fire. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. Then cold cut to the funeral because mm. obviously part dies. Um, yeah. So th- yeah. yeah, this was this was quite uh, I thought quite poignant as well. I mean, we spoke a bit off air, Connor as well. Like, yeah, we did. Um, so last um, year, my my father passed away as well. I gave the eulogy for my dad as well. So you know, this is very very similar to. To like my mm. experience, and yeah, a lot of sadness, a lot of sadness there. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's yeah, I, I, because obviously I haven't lost my father or anything, so I never, mm. I guess, I was like, you when you originally read this, it's like, oh, his, his dad died, I know it's sad, and I feel sad for him, but yeah. I haven't connected to it that way, as opposed to, yeah, you know, when man's cat dies, that has to be up when, when sorry. <laughs> Uh, there's a story where Superman's oh, cat yeah. died, and oh, that was because yeah. I'd lost my yeah. dog very recently when I read that, and that was very difficult. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, it's it's it's. But I, yeah. I mean, I can't say I've never never had a dog as well, but I'm sure, you know, people do mourn dogs like their family members as well, and it's yeah, it's just like it's just like having a huge hole, basically. Um, you know, mm. it's a. And I think you know, yeah. yeah. So yeah, as sorry. um, no, no you go sorry, on. I was about to. Uh I was just gonna say like this. Part of what Morrison was doing and said he wanted to do is like all these moments in Superman mythology and all these moments in the book are just so much of a universal human experience. Mm. You know, like it's not like every like it's kind of why he is relatable is because everyone goes through yeah. Uh, you know, stuff like this. Um, yeah, I think it's it's just what part of part of what appealed to Morrison about the character, and it's definitely part of what appeals to me about the character as mm. well. Is because he's just, in a way, uh, so normal. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like his parents weren't gunned down in an alley. You know, one of them died of like you know they, it, when they die, it's usually of like natural causes. Yeah. You know, and it's just part of life. I guess, and death and all that yeah. stuff. Um, I think, you know, it just translates really well into the telling of this sort of... Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. Because, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a... Grand journey, as mm, it was. A lot, Just a lot more relatable, yeah, than any, yeah. you know, um, 
your parents being part of the Secret Service. <laughs> um, yeah, the more extreme. Yeah, died in stories, a plane crash, which aren't bad. Which aren't bad as well, but you don't get that. You can't can't emotionally connect with them to to something. You know, for me, something like this as well. It's very just. Um, and, and I did mention as well before, kind of when we were discussing it as well. So the eulogy, it, it you know what what struck mm. me was. Um, in this in in this small instance, um, although it is very well written by Morrison, for me it wasn't really um, the writing of Morrison uh, or, or the eulogy itself that really had the impact for me. But it was connecting that to this same feeling that Clark has of um, not wanting to yeah. forget anything that um, that your loved one has kind of has taught you or, or um, has has said to you. Absolutely. So you get all these yeah. memories and you, you really want to hold on to that. Um, so that that's mm. the kind of the thing I get from this. And you can see it with Clark um, towards the end, um, kind of tearing up and, uh, yeah, saying he won't forget. Um, yeah. I think it's a nice touch having the future Superman at the funeral mm. as well. Yeah. Because they're, they're like, you know, they're fans, obviously, of their ancestors. Yeah, for you know, sure. They want to pay their respects. Yep. yep. Um, it's a, it's such a, a massive event for their ancestor that yeah, um, I'm sure they would have felt sadness as well. Yeah, um, and it, it also shows that like they still have the moral, like they still have the compassion of the current Superman. That hasn't oh, no, yeah. at They've, all. Through all the generations, they're they're genuinely sad that just someone's mm. died, and they're good. Um, they're good people, so yeah, yeah. and they're not weak to water. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, then we have uh, I guess Clark sort of leaving Smallville mm. now. Um, and we don't see Mark Kent's death, but Grant says that she probably does pass like soon mm. after. See, see, this is what kind of gets got me as well. I mean, th- these are like. These are my, these things that are very um, kind of real um, because then Clark mm. says to to um, Mara, you know, I can't leave you alone, and there is that certain sadness as well that um, Martha's lost her life partner, and yeah. how is her life going to be now? And and um, I certainly know it now as well, you know, being closer with with my mum and, and knowing that it's very hard yeah. for for them, and, and they'll grieve for the rest of their lives um, because it's, yeah. um, you know, that's someone that they've obviously spent their life with. So, um, yeah, no, I, I can't mm. even imagine. Um, yeah. And, you know, he didn't even get to say goodbye. Yeah. That oh, feels that bad. terrible though. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, and yeah, so it's kind of the, Again, another kind of little rite of passage because Clark does have to leave yep. uh, Smallville, and I do love that touch of crypto comforting Clark. Yeah, yeah, because well. it's it's as I said, I've had a dog, and they sometimes dogs can sense when you are really distressed, and they will come over. Oh yeah, and comfort you. Like it's actually happened to me, and it's such an amazing mm. thing that there's some sort of you know connection or instinct. Yeah, yeah, they 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 know um, that you're sad, or they know if you're angry or you're happy. Yeah, they they can sense these things. Yeah, like um, so I can... sometimes they're dicks <laughs> and they don't care, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah. and then we get to you know uh, the reveal mm. where the the uh, 
They couldn't have done it without you, Ben, who's Superman, who turns out is... Is Superman. Superman. <laughs> Superman. Look at who... The older Superman um, of the same one and the same. Clark. Clark Kent. Yeah. <laughs> just... I'm guessing this is after the Luther prison thing, I'm guessing, is when he did this. Um, if there's a sort of timeline for this issue... As it were, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even, oh, I didn't even suspect to tie that together with the previous story. I actually just thought that this would be a, an explanation of Morris of of uh, Super Superboy. Let's call it, you know, Clark, you know, the younger Superman, being it. But I, I never yeah. considered that this Superman may have been the one that we're currently following. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, yeah. And then the leader of the Superman squad, um, who I'll reveal his identity to Ray off okay. air, but I won't reveal it on air for spoilers for this comic. Um, cause I'd be jumping to like the ending mm-hmm. of the story. So, you know, just in case this listeners really sure. long, um, and you know, uh, so yeah, the leader comes in. And uh, it tells him that it's another one of his legendary 12 ladies, mm. which also tells you that this is after he finds out he's dying because he completes his labors after he finds out. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just thought it was um, a nice, yeah, and I just thought it was a nice, I don't know, 12 labors, same as Hercules, kind of. But yeah, you're right. They do mention that in issue two, right? Yeah. 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 Samson shows him, like, History yes. says that after you, before you die, you do mm-hmm. this stuff, and it's a really nice moment as well where uh, Gold Superman uh, gives him the introduct indestructible flower from New Krypton for mm-hmm. him, for from all of us in remembrance of all that we are and all that we will be. And I love how all these Superman are paying tribute to Jonathan mm-hmm. Kent. Yeah, it's, it's a nice you touch. Know? Yeah, and he leaves it at his. Uh, yeah, I think it's perfect because. Graphic. Also, yeah. Oh, yeah, just because I guess you know, for people who have lost loved ones and stuff, you know, going to the to the, to mm. the site and and always bringing fresh flowers, like I like, I like to try and do that as well. Um, just you know, it's just a sign yeah. of respect. But this one being an indestructible flower, <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> it just it just it um it says Superman through and through. <laughs> so. Oh, definitely, and you know, even as Morrison sort of says and goes through in this book, this is—it's not just a tribute to specifically Park Kent, just a tribute to everyone who's mm. lost someone. Yeah. You know, like um, I mean, and obviously Grant lost his father, mm. which he put in some of this book with this issue and the next two issues, which was him, like depression. his depression phase yeah. over it, I guess, yeah. um, which we'll get into next time because it's the bizarro two issues, which are always Ooh. fun and confusing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I remember I was quite confused. I think. From reading those two last time, it'd yeah. be interesting to read them again. Yeah. Yes, the infallible bizarre logic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Superman uh, joining forces with three generations of Superman to chain the Chronovore. It's a pretty cool yeah. waiver, even though it's just, you know, another day in the life of Superman. Um, it's so cool how that's tied into that. That's good. I um, Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that was the issue um and you know i 
as you said, like I can't say that because uh, they're so different. Mm. It's hard to say if one's better, but I think this is my favourite issue so far. Okay, yeah. It is a very strong issue, uh, I've got to say that. I mean, again, but I've been impressed with all of them so far. Yeah. They each bring... So, like, I'm even thinking you're talking about Samson and Atlas. That was so much fun. They like, were. They really um, were. And it's and it's unfair to compare, like, a fun, well, I think, issue um, with one that... So like yeah, emotional. which is really emotional-driven and... and because um, they they both got such good qualities in their own right, but yeah, I mean, I can I can totally see why this would be a, a one of the the best of the favourites. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so far, so far, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, we've only six six in, right? Yeah, so we're it's the halfway mark, I guess. Mm. I think all of them, like even we're talking again. I think the Jimmy Olsen one. Um, I still really enjoyed that one as well because it has a, it had quirky enough things in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, so far, this whole thing, six issues in, very strong. This all star Superman again. If you're reading along or you haven't read it all or you you want to read it, highly recommend it. It's um, really oh, accessible. You will be enthralled by the writing. Um, and and the art, um, well, we we know some people may not like it, but um, it's very strong for me. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as it's it's such a as I've touched with off air with Ray and stuff about previous issues and stuff. I just love this series because it's you know uh, obviously Superman's journey, but it's also just I don't know. It just feels like a journey about life and death and things we can mm. all sort of relate to in Superman's final days. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's a very powerful yeah. book all around. So. Um, so, yeah, do you have any um, final thoughts about the issue? We do have some feedback. Um, not about the issue, no. No, no. Just, just I guess, in general, so all stars who've been generally regarded yep. as as one of the, the top things, right? Definitely, because okay. I, yeah. I, I, I would rate it things, totally yeah. up up there from what I've read so far. I mean, and we've read some pretty big, some pretty big series mm. and arcs so far. I mean, the more and more I'm reading this or rereading these issues, um, the more I'm convinced for myself at least that that this this is one of the the strongest uh, stories for Superman. Um, yeah, I mean, I could I could be in the foulest mood that I read these two issues you know and i just forget about those mm. problems for a while yeah. and it's it must be good to have that effect oh, yeah. and it's very cathartic as well yeah. um you know so and you can just dwell uh, you can just it, dwell on the pictures like the the visuals as well uh, like, yeah absolutely like i'm still looking at this final page yeah. of jonathan kent's grave and even the final page of the superman going through the sticks mm. Um, so many things: crypto and Superman on the yep. moon, uh, carnival. Carnival, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, special book. Mm. Um, one of one of the greats, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, not my favorite Superman story, but like it's easily in my top five, top mm-hmm. three. Um, you mean story as in the whole know? of All Star Superman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. whole of it. Um, yeah, because I consider it to be. It is, yeah. You're right. I mean, thing. it has tying threads through it. Yeah, yeah. But it's exactly. funny. It's a good one um, because it, it 
they are such standalone, they're all, aren't they? Yeah, that's what's so it's good. Not your, standalones, but they're also very yeah. yeah it's not your typical arc, is it? It's 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 really like yeah, it, it's it's good. You can you can you compare this to the other twelve issue epic with Jim Lee and Brian Azzarello for tomorrow, dear God. Oh, okay, I haven't seen yet. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that's like the opposite. Oh wow, <laughs> um, it's just I mean I don't know. It's okay. Yeah. It has its fans. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I'm just not into okay. it. And as I said, I can't picture Jim Lee drawing this book. That would be very strange. <laughs> I yeah, I can't as well. Actually, um, I haven't seen modern day Jim Lee, but um, definitely, I love his art. I think his art's great. But um, I'm not sure how much it would stand up now. Like, I haven't actually seen much of his stuff since the '90s. His modern art, his modern Superman art, is very epic and heroic. Yeah. Uh, you know he. Quitley's art is very soft. Mm, yep. So, you know, the I don't know if um, Chimney could have pulled that off. It, he wouldn't have been able to pull it off no, as well. I think so. You know, so yeah. it would have been interesting, though, just one of those interesting what-if <laughs> scenarios. Um, yeah, but uh, shall I yeah, get sure. to this? Yep. Okay, so it's from Phil. A friend of the Hello, show. Phil. Uh, Phil Perich, uh, who runs Capes and Lunatics. As a super Nightwing yeah. fan. Um, and he says, I enjoyed the series when it came out. I always figured Morrison was a Silver Age fan because this seems to be a huge callback to Silver Age soups. Even his work currently on the Green Lantern seems to be a love letter to the Silver Age. Uh, yeah, I mean, I always saw it kind of, I saw it this way on my first mm-hmm. read through. Um, now I've read a lot more Superman. I mean, I think the biggest influence, I guess it depends what issue you're looking at. Yeah. Um, but the, it's definitely more of a pre-crisis feel. Mm-hmm. I think not just Silver Age, but uh, Bronze Age in terms of the characterizations mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but uh, Morrison is adamant that it's not supposed to be a Silver Age homage. He wasn't even thinking about different ages he was adapting mm-hmm. when he was doing it. He took stuff from every era. We had the Doomsday thing. We had Ron Troop, who was introduced in the 90s. Um but, you know, uh, in fact, his he had some logic. It's like what he was thinking about was like the S logo, Superman logo, blah, blah, blah. And he gets all weird about it, how yeah. universal S Superman logo, whatever. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, he does, um, where is it? Uh, you know, he does make a good point about the Silver Age. He thinks, you know, I do think that the Silver Age stories with their focus on human problems and foibles have a much wider appeal than a lot of the work that follow. They're more like fables or folk tales than the later comic book superhero stories of Superman when he became just another colourful costume in the mm. crowd. And perhaps that's why All-Star seemed to resemble those books more than it does a typical modern Marvel or DC comic. It was our intention to present a more universal mainstream Superman. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah. kind of less about your typical... You know, taking it back to, because uh, in the Silver Age and Bronze Age and stuff, you know, you have issues where it's not just um, the Doomsday yeah. fight or your usual superhero issues. It's like, oh, Superman's turned into a lion and now he's really depressed. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. um, you no, know, no, for sure. No. Must there be a Superman, stuff like yeah. that. I mean, I can see it. And regardless of whether Morrison was intending that or not, um, he makes uh, it's yeah, there, he's there, I think. And he, yeah. And he makes a good point about it being more of a 
of a fable, like more of a um, like a moral story. Uh, I don't know. Like it's, yeah. I know yeah. what you mean, and I, I prefer those yeah. too. Um, but I, I do like every. I, I like heaps of Superman stuff, but that stuff is some of my favorite mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and you know, uh, and they're the more they're like kind of the most relatable stories yeah. as well. As much as I love seeing the big punch ups with Brainiac, um, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they all have their place, don't they? Sometimes it depends. It depends they on do, yeah. what you feel like, really. Sometimes you just feel like a bit of a popcorn adventure. Now, I, I certainly do that's, love that's, it. I, I love yeah. a slugfest just just because it's it's the epitome, I think, of escapism. And and other times you mm. want more relatable stuff, as you say, and and you want stories that do resonate a lot more. And and it's good to have everything, you know the whole spectrum. Yeah, I mean, perk of being around for 80 years mm. with all these different creators yeah. is take yeah. your pick. What Superman do you feel like today? Yeah. Um, do you feel like some Rogel Czar? Yeah. <laughs> or, you know. Or Cronivore. <laughs> it's up to you. Cronivore. Oh, give me Cronivore for days. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, Cronivore, the whole Cronivore thing, yeah, this this whole issue is very much like, as I said, Grant Morrison's action comics. There's that mm. sort of cosmic fifth dimensional stuff interfering with superman's past present and future mm, okay. that he's fighting throughout it um so yeah and in fact there's actually an idea in this uh, of meeting pa to say goodbye when he didn't get to say goodbye that actually happened in action comics oh. as well except pa died in a different way okay. um but Ooh. yeah well, I'm very excited for the next two issues. Oh yeah, I'm I'm just very excited to to go through All Star and and a couple of we're halfway already. Um, but uh, it should be good. Yeah, the other half. Let's let's see. Yeah. I mean, as I said, I've read it before. Um, but I, you know, other than just a, a, an overview of what's to come, I really can't remember what's in store. So, um, yeah. Well, we do have the. Next episode is called Being Bizarro, mm-hmm. and the episode after is called Us Do Opposite. Yeah. So, quite exciting. Fantastic. Um, now, are you, did you still want to rate as no, we go? No, let's no. And then do a total yeah, let's rating? Yeah, do a, a like, let, like at the end, I guess. Just do the total. I think it's, um, yeah, from last last week. Uh, last, sorry, last fortnight or so. There's no point. I think, I think let's do it holistically, yeah? Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed covering this and talking about yeah. it with you, as always. Oh, yeah. And uh, so much fun. Oh, I know, just so much fun. Yeah. It, it's just, yeah. um, he just don't know what to expect with Morrison. And as we said, this standalone, they're so different. So many different flavors that he gives. Um, it's just fun. I mean, we went from talking about Lex his character and Jimmy Olsen to life, the universe yeah, and everything. It's so crazy. That's, that's the range you've got in your issues, yep, right? And that's only um, halfway. So <laughs> Yeah. And Lois. We had a we had a nice Lois one with um with the, did, yeah. the power for a day. It just these different scenarios, I'm loving it. It's finding all their messed up issues with each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, until next time. Um Ooh, oh, something to do with cr- <laughs> stay away from stay the away from the carnivore. Next time, just say, uh, you know, just think about the next hamburger that you eat. You know, how was it? How was it made? <laughs> it's my favorite gag. One of my favorite gags for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right, peace, peace everyone.
Superman and all other characters in these comics are properties of DC. Any images or music we use are properties of their respective copyright holders. We are doing this for fun and not making money off it, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at lskpodcast at gmail.com and find us on our Libsyn, lskpodcast.libsyn.com. Our Twitter, at lskpodcast. Our Facebook page, Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. And last but not least, thank you everyone for listening.